Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, this is the audio version of the Cultaholic Classic Smackdown review. You can watch the video version and take part in a future episode at patreon.com forward slash cultaholic. Come on to the rock show. Come on to the people show. Come on to the premiere show. Smackdown. It's the year of our Lord. What is it? How do you July know? July 19th, <laughs> the year of our Lord, 2001. July 19th. The year's the easy bit. July 19th. Ted, what does that date <laughs> stand out to you? Well, Dougal, that's when Roger Sanchez's Another Chance was number one UK singles charts. I played it and I've already forgotten what it sounds like. Okay, it's the one that, uh, the, 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 you know, you do those, um, you, you get the lyrics slightly wrong. Um, what was it? Roger Sanchez, another chance. Is in the chorus they sing about Ainsley Harriet. Let me find it. I think I think I think they go. I'd rather have a date with Ainsley Harriet. Oh. I think the lyrics are. I've got to find it though. So we're, we're already off to a. While you do a, that, a rock and roll and start. Usher eight seven zero one is the number one album in the Sounds UK. Sounds like a missile. <laughs> I was going to say. I think it sold at least that number of copies. Uh, Origin of Symmetry by Muse number one in the alternative charts. Shrek is kicking ass. And uh, telling people to go out of a swamp in the UK box office, number one. Uh, on the 14th of July, Emma Wilkinson performed as Dusty Springfield to win the 13th series of Stars in Their Eyes. And Aussie Soap, Home and Away, makes its debut on Channel 5. So clearly a, an amazing week for news. Oh, uh, it really was. Just to tie a pin in that. Hang on. Oh, this is the one. I'd rather I have a date any- with Ainsley Harriet. <laughs> oh, oh! I never heard that alternative interpretation. You're welcome. Home and away, moving to Channel Five. Yeah. Um, that was a thing because that was kind of like the the beginning of the end of sort of the uh, the Australian soap wars. Because like Neighbours and Home and Away used to be like ITV and BBC back to back, and it was kind of winding down at this point. Mm. Daytime and then. Later on time. Later on time. It wasn't yeah. tea time anymore. You couldn't have your chicken nuggets whilst watching Neighbours. No, you couldn't. But you could go on Channel 5 and watch it there, no which way. my parents did. That the good thing with the evil teacher at one point. Oh. Period. That was a, that's a few years later. Right, we'll get to that later on, I guess, if this show's still in the air. Final Fantasy X is the big game release uh, in Japan. It's a divides opinion, that one. I love it, but many people dislike it because of how linear the game is. It, it's There's not much... Well, I, you know, I bollocks to those people who say it's not very linear. There's loads of stuff to be doing in that game. It's, it's a very massive. basic bitch opinion, but Seven set the bar so high for those games. It's a very basic bitch opinion. 
And then everything else afterwards was like, eh, kids, it's not seven. Thank you for your contribution. Thanks, uh, mate. I am proud. In uh, more UK news, politician and novelist Jeffrey Archer <laughs> is sentenced to four years in prison for perjury and perverting the course of justice. The reason for this was Archer was charged with perjury and perverting the course of justice uh, because of, um, I was in 2000 in September because he'd won a court case previously and then they've revealed uh, well, against some, I think, slander or something like that, like a okay. newspaper for saying and inferring something. And then it turns out the person that had helped him when that trial basically said, actually, you know, that was a lie, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Ted Francis lying. claimed that Archer had asked him to provide a false alibi for the night Archer was alleged to have been with Monica Collin. Angela Pippet, Archer's former personal assistant, also claimed Archer had fabricated an alibi in the 1987 trial. Uh, Pippet had kept the diary of Archer's movements, Pippet. which contradicted evidence given during the 1987 trial, which Jeffrey Archer won. Um, Archer's former mistress confirmed that they had been having an affair in the 80s, thus contradicting the claim that he and Mary Archer had been happily married at the time of the trial. Wow. Um, Archer never spoke during the trial, though his wife Mary again gave evidence as she had done during the 87 trial. So on the 19th of July this week, this uh, smackdown, Archer was found guilty of perjury. He was sentenced to four years of imprisonment by Mr. Justice Potts. Uh, Francis was found not guilty. Personally, basically said, yeah, it was me who lied. Um, prominent journalists admitted to having accepted Archer's hospitality after he was convicted. Uh, Archer was released on license uh, in July 2003, almost two years to the date, after serving half a sentence. He remained a peer, there being no legal provision, though which his peerage could be removed at the time, other than passing a new Act of Parliament. That's news to me. Mm. He did two years doing porridge, and he was still considered a, a peer. Still, he was still up there. Yeah. The on, do they call him the dishonourable? <laughs> on the plus side, think of all the books he's gonna he's gonna be able to write while stuck in there. He's got loads of time to write books now. Oh, exactly. Yeah, that's that was the. But uh, politics loss was uh, Waterstone's gain, I guess. <laughs> uh, but that was okay. It's not a very exciting week of news, has to be said. <laughs> it's it's but all right. People have been listening to this every week, and it is weekly, so that's how it works. Uh, you may remember that I did have a little gift for Tom to uh, congratulate him on his lovely marriage. Uh, I then lost the thing and got oh, very yeah, upset. This is a good story. Uh, I was going through uh, things I'd ironed. I was waiting to put back uh, where I keep my clothes and found out a that... A drawer. Yes. <laughs> the, the, the pile yeah, near the say, bed. AKA the pile. And I the found out they were in a pair of shorts and it must have been a really sunny day that day before I went, now nah, probably rain and switch gear. Oh, okay. And just forgot where I put them. And it was only just was like, fold, fold, drop, drop, drop. So, <laughs> drop, relating drop. to not just your good self and your taste in games and knowledge and things circa 2001, but also this podcast represents you. Oh, a hearing the end of the Matthews saw it in the Matthews present arc. A hearing here. of your favorite <gasps> no! game of all time. How did you find this? The audio people, it's a Snoopy tennis keyring. I have been presented with a Snoop. I'm going to come around the camera and show this. With a Snoopy tennis keyring. You can't see it. It's, it's, oh, no, it got to fuzzy. Picture on my Twitter of that. Yeah. Oh, my God. A Snoopy tennis. I get what a payoff to the story arc. Right. What a payoff. It's Snoopy tennis. I love how Snoopy tennis became so canon on the SmackDown <laughs> review. Did someone take a Snoopy tennis sign to AEW? Did I see I that? I wish. I'm sure somebody, I'm sure I saw somebody who oh, made... Oh, took one. Oh, maybe they took... Um, like they made one for Dynamite. 
Oh. By the way, for people who do listen to us on message me on Twitter, I'm very sorry. Thank right you, now, for whatever reason, two seconds. Uh, oh, okay. I love people do mention me stuff, and it's great that you do this. Right now, for whatever reason, my mentions are filled with porn bots. <laughs> and I'm not seeing anything you're you sending dirty me. Dirty boy. And they're all like, having fun, question mark, and you click his tits. It's like, I right, block. <laughs> it's like, I'm lonely. Right, I can see why. <laughs> horrible conversation. Nice tits. When yeah. do they open? Exactly. <laughs> so, you're welcome. Again, congratulations on all the good things happening in life, Tom. <laughs> there, was, there was so much to digest in that 60 seconds that you won't find in any other podcast. It was, Tom is presented with a Snoopy tennis keychain. Matthew is getting porn bots. By the way, congratulations on your engagement. <laughs> ADHD. Totally <laughs> <Fully> recommended. <laughs> I prefer AD standard definition. Thank you, mate. Oh. That's, really, that's really kind. Thank you for the sleepy tennis key, Jane. And welcome to the Cultaholic Classic Smackdown Review. That's right. All that was happening <laughs> in the early world of the present, I guess. Uh, welcome to the Cultaholic Classic Smackdown Review. You're listening to the dulcet tones of Matthew, who needs a haircut, and Tom. Also who... needs a haircut. Yeah, yeah, right. You're fabulous. Son. Oh, I need a little... I want a little trim on the sides. I, put, I like yeah. it when I'm zeroed on the back and sides. I like that. And then a fluffy bit on the top. That's exactly what I'm looking for, but it's sometimes it overcomes itself. Let's and get matching haircuts. No. But right now, I look like uh, Penguin from Gotham, so that's a sign I need to cut. Nice. I usually do, but I enjoy I really the, look the, like. the Matthew hair storylines that we have. The Matthew hair storylines. Because like you went... It's during, up there with Snoopy Tennis like, Saga. It, it really is, Snoopy Tennis Saga, because during lockdown, obviously, you grew your hair out, and then when oh, you yes. came out of lockdown, you went, oh, I'd keep growing it. And then one day you came in, and it'd been buzzed. Yeah. And now it's kind of like somewhere in between. It's I think dreadlocks next. Whoa. Yes. <laughs> Get the appropriation. Uh, it's yeah, it's, it's me trying to fit in in the world post lockdown. Still trying to fit in. Going, hello, fellow humans. You know, just to find, I'm just I'm just a city girl, just my, trying to find my way in the big city world. Yeah. Legally blind. Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that's well. Look, it's a lovely hair. We both need haircuts. How are you, Matthew? I've been. Uh, run down this week, it has to be said. And it's, I think it's the seasonal flu mixed in with the fact that I had a lovely great party on Saturday. Uh, one of my yeah. friends it was the birthdays. Again, it was awkward because it was also Jack's birthday on Saturday. And I had to say, sorry, I'm already going to a birthday. But once I did you, Once you've agreed to one birthday, even right. if it's even if you know the party will be better, you have to right. you have to be true to In my head, I'm like, hmm. What do I say to the person? Sorry, I've got to be honest. I'm going I've been invited to a better wedding. Yeah. Better wedding. <laughs> <laughs> you're like me you got bloody weddings on the brain yeah you know I'm just looking at you and thinking weddings, weddings but yeah so that didn't happen but I did have a lovely time I uh, drank too much couldn't move the next day you don't do the thing where you wake up and you go oh that's scot free and then you move a millimetre to the left you're like oh god oh no but then it just wouldn't go away and go am I still recovering from this but then I messaged people at the party and they're like oh I've got the flu as well check it's not COVID it's just that time of year yeah. but I'm feeling I got some proper sleep last night Oh, so I'm I'm on the way to being recovered and mended, which is good because we did uh, go and peek behind the curtain, see another sausage just made. We're doing this on the Friday, I suppose the we Thursday. Are. So we've done the normal bog standard, you've done full that fat podcast now, yeah. with me, Jack and Fraser, and it was so good those two were on because those two can just go at it <laughs> like rabbits in heat. So and I was just there Basically, like, Basically, uh-huh, whenever, when, uh-huh. whenever Jack and Fraser are on screen together and they're bickering and stuff, like I'm like everybody else just watching going, like this. Like yeah. <laughs> now, I, I'm just like... Hey, Fraser, what do you say about Jack the other day? All right, I'm just going to get you 10 minutes of sleep. I just want him to fucking get it over with. <laughs> 
What were you doing? I just want fucking... them to hate fuck and get it over with. It's coming. <laughs> Sounds like my life. Wow, that was so that was a beautiful moment. The podcast, Matthews, at you. Yeah. <laughs> Those two speaking, speaking, looking into, into each other's eyes and thinking thoughts they hadn't admitted to themselves. And you were asleep. <laughs> I think they'll just start getting off with each other next time they're on the podcast together. Unfortunately, this coming Thursday, Ross is off again and it's uh, you, Jack, and me. So, Jack, I think Jack's. Oh, stop being about me and you making out while Jack's. Me and you making out like normal. Jack comes in. Oh, thank God. <laughs> yeah. And Jack's like, oh, Miss Fraser. Another reason. Oh, Miss Fraser, he's a prick. <laughs> Ah, uh, just I, once they fuck it, it'll all be fine. Yeah, great. Um, all is fine this neck of the woods. Yeah, so so yeah. Yesterday we were meant to record in the morning, but Thursday I had a doctor's appointment. It's fine. I'm not dying. It's all right. It's all right. Uh, I'm not dying. I had a few heart palpitations while I was on holiday, but that's I've had oh. them for years. If you listen to if you listen to the podcast, Tom's heart palpitation saga is strong. Uh, <laughs> they come and go. I don't like that story. And it, basically, it comes back to there, like. Why I don't make this connection and just be a normal human, I don't know. When my weight is under control, I don't have heart palpitations. When it's not under control, I do. Oh, if only there was some correlation that I could connect the two. With. I don't know. I'll just eat this bag of cheese again. So there is. So I'm fine though. I'm not dying. It's good. And I'm very close to. You know the four O. I realise that I'll be ma- I'll be our wedding day because we. Oh, this is a bit of nice gossip, boys. I told Sam Driver this on the Nitro review. We've set a date for mm. the wedding. Um, we're looking to get married late twenty twenty four. So we've got a few other family family members that are having weddings in the next couple of years. The place that we've looked at, we reckon we can afford in about two years' time. So we're going to start wow. the ball rolling now. Can you give us a sneaky peek on where that is? Ooh, on what that is? Somewhere on planet Earth. It's this scan, this QR code here. Mm-hmm. No, no. <laughs> For the coordinates. Uh, no, because, uh, I, I mean, I might take, like, you might see it online close to the time, but I'll probably tell you off, off air where it's going to be. Um, but it's, it's somewhere that, that we're both very happy with, and they're very happy to have us. So we're very organized. We're very organized. We're looking at lists of names for the ceremony and lists of the names for the evening do. And I'm learning what a what a minefield that is. Like not so much for for me, because like I've got my sort of close family, my mom, my dad, my brothers, their partners, like my sisters in law, and my nieces and nephews. And that's kind of all I'll invite from my size. Uh, not, there's no bad blood, but it's just that we don't have that great sort of massive connection with aunties and uncles and stuff beyond that. Okay. And that's no disrespect if my aunties and uncles and nieces and cousins are listening. No disrespect. And it just isn't. And we, and we all know that. We all know that. Um, but Alex, on the other hand, her family is incredibly close. Like there's extended aunts and uncles and great aunts and great uncles and... Uh, and it's the heart, heartbreaking going through the list going, can, if I invite them, I have to invite these 10 uh, or this. And I found myself being the uh, the better obscure company by just going, it's it's our wedding. We'll just invite who we want. Yeah. We, uh, there was a, there was a f- one particular friend of ours who I was like, if I invite them, I've got to invite them and them and them. And they're, they're, and they're good friends. They're good friends. But I, again, the better obscure company, I went, thing is, didn't they get married last year? Did we get invited to their wedding? No. Well, I'm not being bitter and I'm fine with it. But I'm just like, they made a decision based on who they could invite. 
we weren't factored into it and I'm super cool with that. Oh. I'll see him for a drink next week and it's lovely. But then at the same time, we should go, well, let's not worry too much either. Yeah. It's it's our day. Let's have people there who we want to have there. I'm saying yeah, but I went to two weddings this year, uh, my cousin Jamie and my good friend Danny, um, both of whom I love. And I was sat there looking at all the people that were there and stuff like that. And my cousin's side, there was a bit like, oh, that person's got... Oh. Mm. And nothing happened. Because no. that'd be a right fucking knob to make do something like that. But at the same time, all I was thinking of was, if I was in this person's shoes, like, I'd be there like, okay, yeah, they need to go there, they need to go mm. there. Because I had a birthday a while ago, and Jack was invited. It was uh, I invited some people from uh, Cultaholic, I think, and some lads like, from Bish and some lads from Newcastle and stuff like that. So it was a real uh, Dolly's mixture of nice. people. But it was great because the Newcastle people sit next to anybody, but... The bish people are like, I'm going to fucking sit next to them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to sit next to the lad I came with because that's that. Like, mm, Newcastle's a crazy place. Oh, like that. Nice. So I, all I would be, I don't sure I would, you know, like, oh, whatever, the, the cake being there and whether performance I've got, you know, Tom Jones or whoever's going to be performing there, whatever. Uh, I wouldn't be worried about, I'd just be looking at the tables going, all right, are they okay? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's okay. on my mind as well, obviously. The going, you say I do. What? <laughs> uh, Hey, I'm spinning plates here. What do you want? So all the reason, all the more reason, as you say there, all the more reason why for the day we want it to be as as yes, stress free as possible. About, right? Yeah. So like to have like just like and you know what? And if there is a, and it, and that was my other seemingly foolproof argument. They go like, yeah, but they'll be upset, and they'll be upset if we don't if we don't invite them or don't invite them. And my my response was, but we don't see them anyway. So does it matter? That's like when we're. I'm probably yeah. very wrong, but I'm very. I'm being very pragmatic about it. So I'm like, okay, this yeah. is our wedding. It's going to be expensive, but it's going to be perfect, and I've got no issue with the price. We'll make it work. But I'm like, well, this is, this is our day, and I don't want to be like stressing about we can't invite X person because of Y or Y person because of Z. And it's like, if we want them there, we'll have them there. I'm related, but there was a guy from Bish. I agree with everything you said, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's your day, but like. This guy I know from Bish uh, who didn't invite me to his wedding. And I was, I, I told him, was like, What do you say about it? That when I saw him, he was like, Hey, buddy. I went, I can't believe you invite me to your wedding. Because I was doing nothing right then. It was only, mm. I was like a 20 minute walk from him. So in my head, he's like, Well, obviously, he's got a set of Google Maps and like, Well, who should I invite? Oh, he's only around the corner. Oh. <laughs> obviously, that's how you, obviously, that's not how you do it. But I went, Can't believe you invite me to your wedding. And he went, Oh, don't worry, mate. I'll invite you to the divorce party. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Then. Oh, was it one of those? Yeah. One he didn't, those? but you know what? He was a walking drama save, machine maybe, anyway. Maybe save you some money on a present. That's a really good way of looking at it. Mm. Matthew, I know you're tight. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to make it even better for you by not inviting I know you squeeze pennies. You, su- you squeeze pennies so hard, the queen goes, oh. So, <laughs> yeah. Wow, it's been great to see you. Have the you? king goes, oh. Not yet. Not in circulation <laughs> The queen's yet. already gone, oh. We'll, we'll future-proof this. <laughs> <laughs> The, queen, the king goes, oh, get that pen off me. Yeah, you squeeze the penny so hard, the queen goes. <laughs> Blasphemy! Bless sque- for you. Sque- squeeze it so hard, the king goes, you have to do harder than that. Have you seen my fingers? <laughs> squeeze it so hard, Prince Philip crashes into a tree. Um... <laughs> uh, let's, let's do some emails. 
Oh, goody. Before we get into the rigors of the SmackDown All the for first this ones, week. can you idiots just talk about wrestling, please? Actually, do you know what? It's funny because, because like, no, like, I love the fact that the people who, like, if this is your first time listening to the Coles oh, Classics hello. Matter Review, hello. Thank you for finding us. Um, there is a lot of in-jokery. We'll do our best to navigate it for you. Uh, but you're very welcome to stick around because in a bit we're going to talk about uh, the 101st episode of SmackDown mm. uh, as we get ready for Invasion. It's the go-home show, more like go-home, you're drunk for Invasion 2001. We'll get into that in a bit. I'll go through some of the headlines from the wrestling world in this week. Matthew will go through blow-by-blow blow blow this week's SmackDown. But before we do that, we invite people to send emails to the show. And you can do so by going to Classic, by emailing classic at cultaholic.com uh, with your thoughts, concerns, questions, uh, tangents, on SmackDown in 2001. Hi to Mike Omega X, who's reached out. Uh, hello, lads. Mike Ross here from Lowfell in Gateshead. Nice, Ooh, lad. Been a big yeah, around the corner. Been a big fan since episode one. And recently, I'd been going through some rough times, going back to episode one and getting nostalgic. Having a laugh with you lads in spirit always makes a bad day better. Very glad to hear it. Uh, as a fan of classic wrestling and classic gaming alike, um, my question to you is, when you had friends round and you were playing No Mercy or WWNWO Revenge or WrestleMania 2000, who was always your go-to character for picking? Growing up on my estate, we had fans of The Rock, etc., but I always picked Kane and how people thought I was weird. Hey, Kane is cool Kane now. We can't be taking the piss. Also, mm. big congratulations to Mr. Campbell and his good lady on their engagement. Thank yeah, you very yeah, much yeah, to yeah, you, yeah. Uh, Mike Omega X, I believe is on Twitch, at Mike Omega X. Thank you, Mike Omega X. Uh, who was your go-to when, when, when your mum was upstairs and, and your... Uh, uh, her, her special friend had said, Here, Maff, have, have a go on this. Matthew, we're this is my some, first time listening to this podcast. We're just do some drilling of... <laughs> Why is Tom rinsing your mother and you're laughing along with this? Uh, no, my mum when she was single. <laughs> oh, he's really hurting my mum. Lost all my thoughts now. Yeah, so my mum was Sorry, single. My mum and dad got divorced like... I was like two, so it's fair enough. But the yeah, when my mum was single, she would mingle. She would mingle. Yeah, that's... absolutely go, Elaine. And one time, uh, someone who was trying to get with my mum uh, did for a bit, but he wasn't was a, me by the a way. Bit of a loser <laughs> was uh, someone who to I know sweeten the deal or make sure that we were okay with it. Brought round WrestleMania 2000 in 64, and I'm like, all right, you, know, you, you can stay. You can do what you like. You paid the toll, <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, and then I, we were playing that. Um, Getting Blue Meanie the World Championship, and uh, you know, well, they <laughs> went upstairs and <laughs> got Blue Meanie the World Championship. Move furniture, um, and I'll tell that story. And people are like, "Wow, I can't believe you just that outed your mum as a slag." And I'm She's like, "Not a slag." No, that was some of the things I get back in the day when I brought that story because oh, I, I forget it. You, you, you forget it's a man's world, isn't it? If a, a single single dad fucking women and I don't know some last being drowned Ross McDowell for the chair oh that's great but if a woman does it she's a ho it's disgusting isn't it nah, it's wrong it's disgusting. wrong good on the lane getting out there my mum knew what she wanted yeah and, and so did I and well, so, everyone was happy and so did he apart from him who wasn't didn't last for much longer so oh. that was a waste of 40 quid cheers pal I wonder, I wonder, I wonder how many cheers N Simon from London I wonder how many N64 games he took round to prospective <laughs> childhood children for uh, prospective lovers <laughs> 
dodgy Santa, some, giving presents to kids and in his bag. Some poor cunt got Dr. Donkey Kong 64 without the expansion pack, didn't they? <laughs> I asked the guy at the store and he, he said, this is the one that everyone wanted. You got me present. Karma getting 64. <laughs> Doing this behind my mum now. Nah, get room. Yeah. So to answer your question, Blue Mini for yeah. WrestleMania 2000, uh, which is weird, I ended up meeting him in real life and talking to him. He's actually kind of all right. And for No Mercy, Perry Sutton. Nice. So um, we had a lot of creator wrestlers on No Mercy and WrestleMania 2000, me and my brothers. Uh, and we created a whole series of... Uh, Wrestlers with weird names, like David Lockett, rings a bell. I don't know where my brother got these names from. Uh, uh, mean Cliff was <laughs> named after our neighbor around the corner. My brother, Jim, would always make a character called Beast, who was like seven foot, had Gangrel's face, and would just wear different clothes. Sometimes he'd be Beast from the Brood, and he'd be wearing Gangrel's gear. Sometimes he'd be Hardy Beast, and he'd be in the Hardy Boys gear. Uh, he, sometimes he was uh, a, a AP beast, so he was in the Acolytes. And it was always just like a series of power bombs that he has always had. I tried to be a bit creative, and I made like... Uh, did I make first-class mail? Did I try and make first-class mail on that one? Maybe I did. I made myself on there, definitely. Gave myself a, roar, a roaring elbow as a finish. Just a fun fact for you. Uh, if I wasn't playing as a custom character, uh, WrestleMania 2000, I was playing predominantly probably as D'Lo Brown, actually. Mm. I think on both of them, actually, I played as D'Lo Brown. D'Lo had that brilliant running, uh, that brilliant running, like, sort of single leg drop kick. That flowing Oh, the kick. calf kick. The calf kick. That was it. It was a calf kick. It was kick. caught in the game. I mean, my chop, chop. Running calf kick, maybe. The uh, baby but... lamb kick. <laughs> uh, and, like, he had that beautiful, the lowdown looked... Oh, sorry, the sky high looked brilliant on the replays. Like mm. beautifully animated, the sky high was, and uh, yeah. So I think I was D'Lo Brown quite a lot of the time. I definitely made him a WF champion. So I will say D'Lo Brown is my answer to that question. Thank you very much, Mike. Uh, Jonathan Launders. Hi, Tom and Matthew. Hi. Just been listening to the Classic Smackdown review for some time. Really enjoy them. First started listening a year ago. Loved them ever since. Always making me laugh while listening to them at work. Ooh. My phone battery just died. <laughs> That's a funny thing to type. Uh, that's, uh, don't worry. It says, ah, <laughs> ah, what do you mean, ah, are you all right? He goes, no, no, that's what it says on the wall, ah. ah. Why would it say, ah, you wouldn't write, ah. It's, that's a ridiculous thing. Look, all I'm telling you is it says, ah, on the side of the cave. Uh, I may have to see if I can get my email. Ah! Shall I get the emails? Ooh, ooh. No, 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 you're doing it wrong. Ah, no, I mean, ooh, as in turn around and look at this one. Ah! <laughs> and thus, the giant Snoopy Tennis merge in the cave. Merge into a cave? Well, I guess that, that's technically right, isn't it? As Tom struggled to log in to the classic ecologic.com's <laughs> Gmail it. But, like myself, and everybody oh, else. No, he has okay. multiple different passwords for different right. things. Don't so worry. he is struggling Don't to remember which one's which. I've been through this many times before. Tom is feeling the pressure as Matthew is commentating. I ain't feeling no pressure. I ain't afraid of no ghosts. Right, so what I'm going to do, because my phone, this phone charge is down there, and it might take a while to get going. So what I'm going to do... <laughs> We Should we do a bit of Smackdown and we'll do... Yeah, uh, we're going we're gonna to pause the emails. We will get to your email. <laughs> 
This is the professionalism. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, uh, please pretend it isn't. No, no, no. And go listen to another one. If this is the first time that you're listening, this is kind of what we do. It's fine. All right, we'll do more. We've got we've got another one and a half. It could be like the adverb adverb advert breaks. Hey, there you go. We've got about one and a half emails to get to, so we'll get to those in a little bit. Uh, I'm going to take us through uh, a few bits and pieces from the wrestling news in this particular week in 2001. Ooh. So, um, big bit of news coming out of the the invasion storyline that is taking oh. over. Uh, ECW made their debut just over a week ago. That's right. And they're already in trouble with it. So I, what, I wonder when this is going to come up. So you know, you I think you know what's coming here. Yeah. So OneWrestling.com broke the news. Big up OneWrestling.com. That this week on SmackDown, they broke the day after this week's SmackDown, that the WWF were illegally using the trademarks of Extreme Championship Wrestling. Math, what's this about? Well, you know, if a company goes bankrupt mm. and say, oh, I don't know, the biggest wrestling company in America wants to use the trademarked and licensed stuff. Uh, it turns out you can't just do that without having gone and paid the uh, the money that's owed. You yeah, can't just pick up and because, go, oh, well, no one's using this, right? It's like, well, no, if there's lots of money owed to people, then no one owns it. Aha, great. No, that doesn't mean it's up for fair grabs. It means you need to get it. It's amazing they just did it and didn't even think, oh, yeah, we don't need to do anything like this. Semi-related, in FMW, uh, the big Japanese wrestling promotion, which obviously inspired a lot of ECW, they were feuding at mega feuds with uh, other companies that set up to be like them and stole some of their talent uh, called Wing, Wrestling mm. International New Generation. Wing died, uh, passed away, and you know couldn't make the money, whatever. It's like, all right, we folded. And so FMW decided to set up a wing stable with the people that they wanted to bring in as like, ah, we're, we're taking over almost. like NWO. Uh, See honor no more. In Impact yeah. Wrestling right now. There you go. That's another good example. But unlike them using a cool name, like, aha, they just flout, used the logo and the name and said, we are Wing. Oh. And I thought for years, oh, they must have like come to some agreement. I was like, no. Nope. They just went, we're using They went, that. we're going to use your name and your logo as well uh, and just say that you're invading. Why are you doing that? We haven't given permission to that <laughs> because we know you don't have the money to sue. <laughs> <laughs> Wrestling. But this is a, another example of that because that's mm. Japan, the wacky, wacky world of there. Uh, how, yeah, how, it's very surprising. Like, yeah, we're just going to use the logo and everything else like that and use the music and like, there's millions of debt to be settled. Absolutely. Like, the anyway, trademarks of ECW and all assets connected to ECW and Extreme Championship Wrestling that are being used in this angle for WWF are the property of the United States Bankruptcy Court of the Southern District of New York. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the HHG Corporation, which is the parent company of ECW, filed for Chapter 11. Oh, no, I've knocked him off. Snoopy I'm Tennis. Off. I'm knocked Snoopy off. And he's got the password, the he's, login, he's, so you need to keep him. Snoopy, keep there. Uh, filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy, which would have allowed the company to reorganize during the proceedings. Now, there was no intentions to reorganize, but Chapter 11 would have allowed it, I guess, if someone wanted to come in and buy the company. Unfortunately, uh, there was a creditors' meeting on the 25th of June. Paul Heyman was asked to attend. He didn't attend, which was weird, considering that it was it was taking place just up the road from where Raw was that night. But and So Heyman was nearby, just didn't go. As a result... The case was converted to a Chapter 7, and that means the assets will be liquidated. Oh. 
Do, do. That's a song called The Liquidator. As a result, oh. Barbara Balabar Strauss, <laughs> the trustee, is now considered the owner of HHG pending liquidation. To put this in simpler terms, basically Paul Heyman does not own ECW, all no. the assets, all the rights, but he went to Vince McMahon and went, yeah, let's do ECW. Uh, the trustee, uh, Miss Balabar Strauss, very much does own ECW. Now, there was talk earlier in the week that some of the debtors were going to get together to file a motion to stop the Invasion pay-per-view from airing. If the WWF opts to buy the company, they will likely be forced to pay approximately $7.5 million to various debtors. According to the original bankruptcy filing, these debtors include Paul Heyman himself, $128,000, and the $3.8 million he owes to his parents. What a shrewd move that would be by Paul Heyman to get WWF to buy ECW and and then pay him back. <laughs> this has been the speculation for a long time that Heyman is so good at manipulating people that he was able to convince Vince McMahon, hey, WCW's on its ass, right? No, no, it's fine, Paul, it's fine. Wildcat Willie's just dusting up his... <laughs> no, Holly Valley right now, just stretching <laughs> and licking their wounds. <laughs> and hmm, his balls. Just an idea. I mean, just, you know, just a little company, ECW. No, 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 no. Ah, it's a great idea, you know. Because um, obviously it does benefit the invasion greatly with the lack of, um, how could we put this, mainstream big stars that everyone was expecting mm -hmm. to see right now. But then the fact that I was like, wait, did no one bother to check? <laughs> no, apparently not. Why would Heyman do something like that? Oh, because he owes so much money. Mm -hmm. And what would happen, to skip ahead a few years, was that, yeah, Vince would pay and get that money off. Um, and to get the amount where he owned the footage, everything else, and could actually do something with it. That's the plan all along. Heyman. Clever like, guy. Smartest man in the room. I love that Paul Heyman documentary. And he talks about like his right. first break into wrestling was as a photographer and, and how he how he busted into Madison Square yeah. Garden and the hustle on that man. He was like 16. He's like, click, hey, Bruno, and took a photo of you. Do you want money for it? Oh, yeah, sure. What? He hustled Bruno. <laughs> I was reading the dandy. <laughs> <laughs> the hustle on that man is incredible. Um, Terry Gordy passed away this week. Uh, we lost Terry Bam Bam Gordy, age 40. Found dead. No way, he was 40? 40. Fucking hell. I know, right? He looked like, he, he looked like he'd been around more than 40 years. Wow. Uh, found by his girlfriend at their home in Soddy Daisy, Tennessee. Autopsy not completed as a press time. No official cause of death was available. I can't remember what the cause of death was in the end. I Me mean, neither, actually. We'll find out yeah, as it goes on. Guess, but, but one of these guys is Terry Bam Bam Gordy. The, just, just a, uh, the likes of which we won't see again. Like, I really like Terry Gordy's style. Just sort of wild smash mouth silliness. Never, never looked like he was in the best of shape, but kind of made it work for him, if you he know what I mean? He was a chunky monkey. He was a big old boy, big set boy. Mm. I really like Terry Gordy. I only really appreciate him, like, in the last few years and gone back and watched, uh, you know, the Miracle Violence collection and all that stuff that did. But I also liked them in the Freebirds mm. because I I always liked Hayes and Gordy. No, sorry, Hayes and uh, Garvin, that version of the Freebirds, because they didn't do anything. They're all glammed up, but they've got the Southern flag, which is a really conflicting message to send to people. We're gay, but we're racist. <laughs> uh, and just getting heat by doing nothing. And you'd read reviews and people like, oh, 
God, do I hate this version of the Free Birds? They're doing nothing. I'm like, listen to the heat. This is amazing. Mm. This this exists and they're strutting and getting a bigger pot than anybody else in the card. They're like, no, you don't understand. I'm like, ah, these guys are wazzocks. <laughs> but now the, the joys of YouTube, watching them in all Japan and going, oh, oh, okay, this is a different kettle of fish. I this version it. of Bam Bam. Um, I think his closest run near the top would have been he was scheduled to wrestle and lose to Hogan at the giant All Japan Pro Wrestling WF event in 1990 because Hogan was the champ because they told him, yeah, he'll be the champ in the advertised months in advance. Hogan lost the title to Warrior at WrestleMania and All Japan were not fucking happy with that. And then Gordy went, no, I'm not losing to Hogan if he's not the champ. <laughs> Fuck that. Uh, so then Stan Hansen was drafted in instead. Which I always admire, just like Gordy. That's how it works in Japan. It's like, no, no, no. Wins and losses are really serious. They actually mean something. Yeah, they mean they, ha- they have they have they have meaning. Just losing the Hulk Hogan for nothing. Mm. It's he's just Hulk Hogan. Like, <laughs> all right. But no, uh, uh, really, really in his prime, he was amazing. It's really sad that uh, to see him after, as, as Mick Foley talks about in his book, after he had, um, what was it? Jesus, I'm going to say the wrong thing here, but he wasn't heart surgery, was it? No, no, no. It wasn't that. His he. His brain wasn't the same after something. I, you know, I don't even want to say what it was, but I think that he, like, he was legally dead for a few minutes or something and came back, and he yeah. just wasn't the same mentally or physically. Um, but, you know, Raven had that one great match of him in ECW in, like, 96. Yeah, that's and the like, one I was thinking. God, he's back. God, he's back. And then you watch him do anything else of anybody else. It was like, oh, oh. It was, oh. A, it was, it was a, just Raven that did all that. It was yeah. lightning in a bottle that night. Yeah, it's that Adway King of the Death match, which is bizarre sight to see him doing that with Cactus Jack. And it's like, okay, that's a side. Oh, and the executioner and WF. But in his heyday, mm. bam, bam, indeed. Yeah, in his heyday. Uh, China's next gig has been revealed. Hugh Hefner did an interview for Page6.com and said that once China's contract expires in November, she's going to be in Playboy again as Joni Laura, a real name. He claimed that the 2000 uh, spread that she did was the best-selling issue in years. Uh, China's also launched a new website this week called bodybyjoni.com. Dave Meltzer says, it's not open yet. There's a welcome page which features a huge photo of her playing the guitar for some reason. (laughs) Website! To entrance music, Meltzer, are we? And she's singing Don't Treat Me Like a Woman. That's what she's doing. Triple H was on Bite This just this past week. So Triple H is on the road what, back. King Charles Fingers. Well, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> he said it had been seven weeks since he'd undergone surgery and he was getting better every day. He said he was starting to get more mobility back in his leg and they took some live calls. First call, I wanted to know if Hunter was dating Stephanie McMahon in real life. Hunter responded that he didn't hear the question and they moved on. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and his he, nose grew. Oh, sorry. <laughs> he was asked if he'd ever been able to hang up the tights for good, or if he ever, if he would ever be able to. He said he felt that someday he'd know when it was time. He said that he didn't want to be one of those guys that hung on too long, <laughs> citing Ric Flair as a huge influence on him. <laughs> wait, wait, Tommy. We'll pause for laughter. <laughs> he said Ric Flair was a huge influence on him, but felt that Flair hung on a bit too long. This is in 2001. In 2001, Flair hung on too long. Uh, uh, they made fun of Daryl from Tough Enough for a bit. Daryl was very much a punching bag in the first series of Tough Enough. Uh, even Kevin Kelly was making fun of him. He was asked if he was surprised that Buff Bagwell got canned as quickly as he did. And Triple H said, I'm shocked. Shocked it didn't happen sooner. Oh, Triple H bants. And then my time played and everyone clapped. That was the highlights of Triple H doing Bite This. Uh, if there was ever any doubt, 
The Rock is about to become a megastar. The Mummy Returns became the first movie of 2001 to gross more than $200 million overseas. The Mummy Returns did? Yeah. Oh, that's wank. Worldwide, the film has made over $400 million. Akuma Shente. Keep in mind that yeah, Rock is getting tough. a cut of the box office revenue as the Scorpion King, as well as five mil that he got for the role as well. What, for the three minutes he's in and then the other three minutes of CGI models in? He, yeah, he well made, done, Rock. He made five million and he got a cut of the, the box office. Genius! Cha-ching. What a guy! Scorpion King movie coming soon. It's going to be a bit weird. Scorpion King, by the way, Mummy 1, great. Mummy Returns, shite. Mm. Scorpion King, not bad. About the one with Tom Cruise in, is that the mummy? Is there a mummy with Tom Cruise? Oh in? yes, just the. Oh, you're even forgetting the Mummy Three. Ah, oh, I did forget Mummy uh, Three. Rise of the Rock, Robot. <laughs> Rise of the Robot. It's an unofficial sequel yeah. to the video game as well as the Mummy. Yeah, Brendan Fraser fights copies of the shittest Mega Drive <laughs> game of all time. The director since said we tried to serve too many masters there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah, it wasn't worth watching. But yeah, I uh, didn't see The Mummy with Tom Cruise, but I do love the trailer where they've got to put the audio in. And it's just Tom Cruise going, ah! Oh, I haven't seen that. Oh, you know, he was accidentally, I don't know how it leaked online, but it was like, obviously the pre, the, I don't know, the alpha version of a trailer, which is a weird thing to say. So it's obviously Tom falling out of plane, almost like hanging on for dear life. And uh, yeah, there's no other noise about from him going, ah! Oh, brilliant. It's like one of those goats yelling. Oh, that's amazing. I didn't know that was a thing. Oh. Uh, WWFE are filing lawsuits to the value of almost $2 million this week against 30 Canadian bars and restaurants who are illegally showing their pay-per-views. Now, the WWF does allow establishments to air pay-per-views, but only upon payment of a rights fee. They have a contract with famous players, big screen theatres to do such a thing. WWF has investigated locations in Toronto, Montreal, Vancouver, Calgary, and London that used either a phony digital card, maybe send one to the dynamite kid. Oh, there we go. There it is. Or an illegal black box to order the events as if they were a private residence. I wonder whether they sent like Carl Oulet in there in, in disguise. Most of the Carl Oulet, yes, I do live in this restaurant. Why do you ask? <laughs> Most of the establishments sued had done it multiple times. The WWF hired the firm Crawford, McKenzie, McLean, and Wilford, which won $100,000 from Niagara Falls, ONT area bars, which illegally aired blacked out Buffalo Bills games during the season in 1999. So they're about to get rinsed, these bars, unfortunately. And that's why if you ever go to a bar and they've got football or whatever on in the UK, you'll see the pint glass in the corner. Mm. That means that they're paying the proper fee to Sky Sports because it's like, are you using this in a, a venue to get people in? Yes, all right, you have to pay a certain amount for that. That's a fun little factoid. And there are people who walk around who work for Sky to pubs and places to see if they're actually got the proper one on or they've got, you know, their mum's Sky playing in the background. That's how I do. An establishment. So. Would you not just get like a little sticker of a pint glass and just put it in the corner? I hadn't thought about that until, oh, like a car sticker. I'm not encouraging it. It's a pint glass right next to... Yeah. <laughs> that little lad pissing on something. <laughs> the Calvin and Hobbes. Yeah, the Calvin and Hobbes pissing the pint. Of course, <laughs> it, of course it's genuine. And then, and then Keith Sky walks past and goes, yeah, that's fine. Right next to Garfield all the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that's all very 2001. 
Sorry. Multi-channel, the last bit, I like this. Um, Multi-channel news had an article last week detailing the WWF's plans to experiment with an internet-based video-on-demand subscription service by the end of 2001. The article didn't specify what videos or footage would be available, but suggested they'd start with the highlight clips currently offered for free on WWF.com. Nostra Meltzer uh, rubs his ball and says, my feeling is that someday video on demand is going to be huge, particularly with the hardcore fans who are always looking to get their hands on different tapes. Eventually, the company could make the entire WWF, WCW, and if they end up buying it, ECW tape libraries available for a small subscription fee. They could charge maybe $5 per tape or $2 per head of footage, per hour of footage downloaded. There's a million different ideas. Look at Meltzer predicting mm. the network. Yeah, we've had reports about this like even like last year or so. Yeah. Of Vince going, you know what? If I got all this footage, they wanted to initially. I think it was a a wrestling channel, a, ca- a channel on cable yeah. to WWF twenty four seven. So that was that was something they piloted during WrestleMania. Remember during WrestleMania sixteen? Yes, they had a they WrestleMania had a, all day long. Yeah, WrestleMania all day long. They had a cable channel which was showing like best of WrestleManias and mm. interviews and stuff like that, and clips from WWF New York and things like that. And so I love that. I do. I like hearing about it at this point because it shows you for how long they've had in their minds of like, we're we're gonna get we've got to get all the footage because we're gonna be like a footage giant. We're gonna be a footage beast. Mm. We'll do everything that way. Uh, Those are all my notes. Could you do me a favor and just check if my mobile phone has sprung to life? It's just down there on top of the tower. Eleven percent. Perfect. Chuck that bad boy here. There you go. Lovely stuff. Thank Lovely. You, Very proficient. So we'll... I like the fact that un- unrelated to that, you did say multi-channel news reported. Yes. Like, <laughs> multi-channel. It's like, don't worry, we won't just talk about one channel here at multi-channel. <laughs> oh, I don't like. I don't like having just one channel. Oh, but we're multi. Oh, you're multi-channel. Wow. That changes everything. Which is better than the original name of turnthenob.com. <laughs> right, so let's get back to our emails. Thank you very much indeed for your patience with these. Um, Jonathan Launders. Been listening to SmackDown Review for some time. Enjoyed them first listening a year ago. Love them ever since. Always making me laugh at work. My favorite bit is that's got to be Kane. What mm-hmm. popped me the other week was the Phantom of the Opera mentioned with Chris Jericho because I'm a wrestler in the UK in oh. Sheffield and my wrestling character is based off the Phantom. I'm da, called da, 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 the Phantom da, da, of the Wrestling. Da, 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 da. Always looking forward to listening to the reviews da, and keep da, da, doing what da, you do. Da, da. I love you. Bye. Da, da. Jonathan Launders is the Phantom of the Wrestling. Da, 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 the Phantom of the Wrestling is here. Inside the ring. I'm going to see what I can find. Uh, Now, Jonathan, I'd love it if you could drop us an email and send us some pictures of you as the Phantom of the Wrestling, because I can't seem to find anything here that that shows your work, and I'd like to see it. That'd be very nice. (laughs) Tom Checkner's emails. The Phantom of the Opera is here. (laughs) Inside my mind. Uh, I had a lovely email from Matt Oakley. Uh, I want to say thank you to you. Thank you for very kind words about the SmackDown review. There's no question in there, but they had lots of nice things to say Aww. about the SmackDown review. Said that they uh, very much enjoy what we do. Um, all loving kisses to you, Jackie Orlando, Sam and Mafu. Mm. I love you all, although you and Mafu really are the Eddie and Richie of the podcasting <laughs> world. <laughs> I'll take that. I will absolutely take that with both hands wide open. Thank you, Oakley. I may say what a smashing browser that is. Um, I believe, um, 
And I believe that is, I thought I had another one, but I realized that it's one from Laura Taylor that which we read last time we were together about them bumping uglies listening to the SmackDown <laughs> review. You might as well bring it up again. Another woman! Um, this is quite often my partner and I listen to the Cultolic podcast in bed, having a nice spoony cuddle to settle down. And uh, they'll, they'll get on with it and, mm, while they're listening. Should read that one every week. Yeah, I, sh- I just, it's a nice reminder to me that when I'm, when I, whenever I'm feeling. <laughs> really a bit sad sometimes i get a bit sad sometimes i get a little bit sad and i think i don't know whether anyone likes what i do and i don't mm. know if anyone likes what i am i'll just remember that there are two ladies fucking while listening to the smackdown <laughs> review and i feel much the better. podcast on the side of the bed <laughs> is here is watching you we're not watching you thank you wait a minute if they're doing that then who's playing WrestleMania 2000 <laughs> Well, that's the emails. Please Thank keep you. them coming. Cultaholic at... Classic at cultaholic.com. But no, not bollocks. Not bollocks. Classic at cultaholic.com. Your thoughts, your concerns, your requests. If you are a woman that listens, if you are a man that listens, if you are whatever that listens, if you are non-binary what listens, if you are a he, she, they, them, whatever that listens, it would be wonderful to hear from you. Thank you for being here. Off we go to this side of the podcast studio where Matthew Gregg is going to talk us through this week's episode of SmackDown. 101 Dalmatians of SmackDown. Near dogs here, apart from one that plays tennis. Last Thursday, 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 Vince needed the old Stone Cold back. The cursing, swearing, Hellraiser doesn't wash his hands after he's taken a shite. Steve Austin. I don't want that Steve Austin, I'll be honest. For the good of the WWF. And Austin walked away confused. Then last Monday, 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 Austin did not attend Raw. So Vince had to go find him in a small bar as he drank by himself alone. Self, self, self. As Vince tried to convince him to lose the Brock Lesnar. Oh, sorry, that's a few years ago. (laughs) But Austin instead watches the speeches from Shane McMahon, Stephanie McMahon, and Undertaker McMahon, they have no effect on him whatsoever until Classy Freddy Blassie, what are you doing here? I must say that on the podcast, on the I needed the podcast with Fraser this week. Mm-hmm. Fraser came upstairs after he did the podcast. Oh no, he came, oh, sorry, this was it was this morning he said that. He said, um, I think Matthew thought you were gonna be on and not me. I said, What makes you say that? He said, the amount of times, what are you doing here? popped up in the recap. <laughs> I was like, that sounds like a uh, sounds like a math and me thing. We can do that next week. Yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> never, no, never be sorry. I love that classic SmackDown review canon is bleeding into like the, the normal cultaholic thoroughfare. Yeah, J- Jack wrote it down. Like, what are you doing? Brilliant. Oh, Chucky Muffin and boy. I had to say it. Oh, he good. loves that. He loves that so he much. He bloody loves the Chucky Muffin. Uh, yeah. It's, it's... As much as he loves fucking Fraser. <laughs> Go find out of that, please. Anyway. They can add. Freddie Blassie in a wheelchair fan starts art, talking. Fan art sta- and Fraser, did you say? He stands up like, like Linda. And <laughs> <laughs> Less of a pop though, and gets the locker room into it, which causes Austin <laughs> to smash his pull cue and head to Raw as the WCW East Radio Edit lot beat up WWF. And Austin final fights his way through the locker room. <laughs> he does, doesn't yeah. he? 
That's it. Keep he needs like right. an energy bar at the top yeah. as he was beating up people. Smashing everyone until he gets to the ring and stunners every bastard in sight. So the old Stone Cold is here to help Team WWF. Witty wee, witty woo. <laughs> I just wanted to, on that opening bit about from Raw, I loved them bringing in Freddie Blassie. Mm. I think considering the players involved haven't been as major as they would have liked, I can't I, I can't say that the WWF haven't tried to really make this WCW, ECW thing look dangerous to them. Mm. They have done everything in their power to make sure they look like an imposing threat, except make them threatening. But in terms of making like in terms of what they say and the words that they use, I think they've been really good. I love them getting Freddie Blassie. I love the idea of them going, we've got like a legend from the past who's been through the wars and he's he's old and broken now, but even he's standing up for the WWF. Mm. Like and Fred Blassie getting the Ross as a stand-up, but all I can see is the person nearest to Freddie Blassie, a wrestling legend, a Hall of Famer, a Hall of Famer, the nearest person to him in, for Team WWF is Perry Saturn and Moppy. Like, oh, that's yeah, a shame. It was great until they panned. It was like the AW crowd this week. It looked great until you looked slightly to the left and oh. saw those dark spaces. It was like, yeah, Raven, Haku, well, Raven, but you know, all the like mid card, Crash Holly, it's like, yeah, you're all, you're all done. No wonder, I mean, Blast is close to joining Team WWF at this point. <laughs> ah, but we're in Boston, home of the bootleg Irish. Three days <laughs> from invasion. We do Michael Cole's vintage call. 72 hours, three days yeah, yeah, from yeah. insert pay per view here. I like it. I like it. It's a little vintage Michael Cole. Yes. Uh, and that means the main of all, it's given the big match tonight graphic, the Dudleys and Taz versus Undertaker Kane and Tajiri. Yay. All I'm putting is, what the hell? Hey, can I get a Big Mac, fries, and a white wine spritz at a gun, please? <laughs> also, Rhino and Booker T versus Austin Angle. Oh, that'll be the, the main event. That'll be the main event. I, I love the varying qualities of the PNGs they use for the graphics, especially Austin's inserted title over the shoulder. Oh, I Hate it. <laughs> Just take a bastard picture of the guy with a with the bell. Like, surely technology, surely the surely Photoshop exists at this point. I had Paint Shop Pro at least. <laughs> or what was that one that I had Corel Draw at this point? You could surely be using that and get like take a nice photo of Steve Austin with his belt. Get load up Corel Draw. Round Austin, yeah. put it in. MS, MS Paint, just with the champ written over in red. <laughs> Bell, it says Blet. Blet. <laughs> Shane heads out with WCW, and they all have the shirt uh, that I hope to remember to bring this week. Check with Tom Bastard. <laughs> <laughs> it's well, like pre- it's pre- for invasion. the invasion thing, anyway. Pre- yeah, pre- it's, invasion. It's, the, it's the black. You'll see it later on. Uh, some are wearing the red WCW logo and some are wearing the Vince Shane face invasion one, which I guess counts as variety. <laughs> they all look dumb and WWE would do this continuously with NXT and those SmackDown versus Raw Survivor Series matches that they would do for years. So uh... then ECW comes out with their ECW invasion shirts to stand behind Shane. Shane says it's not about who's best. It's about Shane's destiny to take out WWF. Steph says WF is old and Vince is old and Steph's voice sounds at least 80 as she screeches about Freddie Blassie and his little dog too. <laughs> Not even God can stop this invasion from happening. 
Oh, you know. No force of nature and no act of God <laughs> can stop this invasion from happening. Not even God himself can pay Hogan and Nash and Goldberg, etc. But he can job to Vince in a job few to years. Vince, exactly. He holds a grudge. Heyman brings up Vince's granddad and dad. He reminds us all that Vince Jr. took the biz from his dad, Vince Sr., and then Vince Sr. died not long after and said Vince is directly responsible for killing his own father. <laughs> Holy Christ. And in a blatant overdub from JR yelling, that is a damn lie. Vince Sr. died of cancer. So I can only assume someone wasn't happy with Heyman interfer uh, inferring, I've put here, Vince killed his own dad. I can't think why. <laughs> Holy Christ. <laughs> Heyman vows to bring back wrestlers and not sports entertainers, as Heyman must have been making tons of friends with these promos. Uh, he's from the Sammy Guevara learning book, as he gives the last rites and proclaims death to WWF, with other wrestlers kneeling with him, going, death to sports entertainment, death to WWF. Bloody hell. Yeah, man. I think he saw Fred Blassie and went, oh, is it like that, is it? I'll show you a promo. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. Not only, again, Heyman, the mad genius himself. The, it makes Jonestown look like a get-together at fucking Weatherspoons on a Saturday. <laughs> hey, Vince, can you buy out ECW on my debt? Sure. Phew, that was easy. Oh, by the way, I'm going to feel like you killed your own dad by buying the company off him. The JR overdub for that felt very much like we've got to make sure. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm surprised the show didn't like stop on a pause screen as JR just shows up. Whoa, no, 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 no. That's not how it happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you want like a remote control <laughs> freeze. Have the little worm come up from Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared. Yeah. Stop. What's happening here is they're inferring that Vince Jr. killed his dad when really that's not what happened. Joe's like, your podcast drew away all my friends. <laughs> Sorry. Now you've watched Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared, we yeah. can make these references, which is nice. Uh. Fun fact about this segment. <laughs> oh, good news. I'm dead. What's that, dad? <laughs> Says here, I'm dead. <laughs> well, oh. from <laughs> my son didn't love me enough. <laughs> <laughs> you don't die for ages. You die in the lake. Well, hang on, I should be dead. <laughs> no, just me. <laughs> we gotta get things ready for the shepherds. Yeah. Oh, it's the funeral. Sorry, oh, oh, it's the funeral. Oh, 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 sorry, I got mixed up. That that <laughs> song. That song. Jesus Christ, <laughs> rent free in my head. I played it to Alex. And she's like, I just, I don't get why you like this. <laughs> It's phenomenal. Uh, I tried putting the Hall of Fame this week, and it's like, you know, if uh, I'm around someone like yourself and they can know it, you go, oh, that's great, that's great, this is this, this. it's fine. But there's two of our lads who haven't seen it, and you're trying your best oh, to explain no. it. And then stop halfway through and go, well, it's got these puppets. Oh, shit. <laughs> hey, there it is, Matthew, just your, your puppet fetish. I'll give out. it another, look, I'm on the podcast with the next Friday. Should we give it another run out? Should we try it again? I said, look, it's going to be a really good third place win next week. <laughs> Uh, absolute, uh, hey, yeah, fun, thoughts here? Sorry, fun fact about this segment. Was it edited? No, it was completely redone. So they did this, they did this exact segment at the start oh. of the show. They didn't like it. So they went out later in the show and did it again. This is the retake. What was in the first one? I have no idea. I'm intrigued to know what was in that first take that they didn't like so much. Maybe this that year, was too extreme, but this one was okay. This one was fine, unless unless the kind of the take they got was a cut of both. But no, they did they did it once, didn't like it. They did it again later in the night. This is the wow. one from later in the night. Heyman would do some other speeches later on that would be edited 
uh, when it's just him and Vince in the ring later on. I'm not sure if it's in the Build the Survivor series. There's a be... brilliant one they do where Heyman just eviscerates yeah. Vince McMahon. He brings up like Bruno and stuff like yeah. that, which is not the thing you did in 01. He just goes like, how far, how far can I go? I think, I'm hoping that's on a SmackDown. Because I love I for us to talk about that in a few months' time. Because that's a great promo. I might get that like printed off. Yeah, anyway. it's so good. Um, you may notice as well... Um, I mean, the, in terms of like, I mean, Steph's line is one that sticks out from here. No force of nature, no act of God can stop this invasion from happening, um, which is one they use in promo trails for the invasion, uh, uh, which is why it sticks with me. Um, not even HHG investments. <laughs> bankruptcy court can stop this pay-per-view. Jim Ross mentions Shane and Steph selling their WWF stock. Uh, we know who to, but we won't reveal it for a long time. And did you notice that WCW and ECW are being referred to more and more as the coalition, which mm. is which is weird here in the UK because we played that game before. Oh, shut up. <laughs> this won't be the name that they settle on, and this might be a little thing. This might, I think, this potentially, and and I only sort of put two and two together on this based on what I read in research in this episode. Maybe the ECW issue is what sort of leads us to calling it the Alliance. That's why I always assumed it was, yeah. Yeah. Calling the Alliance, if you can't put... Yeah, because it's on the uh, VHS cover. You can't, you know, it doesn't say ECW on there. It just says WF versus the Alliance. Because oh, I guess they couldn't, have, they couldn't have put... <laughs> they, really, they really would have done themselves Are a disservice. Are sure? 99% sure. If you Google that whilst I read the next bit. How about that? I'm sure that the... the the, the Maybe on adver adverts leading up to it in the post it says that, but definitely on the VHS I, or DVD cover. I don't think they cover, start calling the Alliance until after the pay-per-view. I think this is a uh, a retcon where they've just put in the posters. Collision course with history. They've got all the logos on there. That is, but is that an advert? Is that a poster? Or? That's the DVD. Um, oh. I mean, I mean, late, I mean, that's, hey, a, that's I, I the did poster say, that they oh, use. I did say 99%. Yeah, that... Oh, it must be Survivor Series then, I guess. I think oh, by Survivor Series, they are the Alliance. It's by yeah. the, by, it's right. Team Alliance versus Team Alliance. Oh, by is. Survivor yeah, yeah. Series, it's all been Allianced. But like at this point, they're trying out the name The Coalition. So they even put that on the thing, even though they knew about yeah. the balls. Absolutely. The brass. No wonder he was able to kill his dad. Yeah. <laughs> God. Uh, uh, Jericho joins Vince backstage, and Vince is dumbfounded, dumbfounded, I say, but about what he's just heard. But Jericho uh, apologizes to Vince, make himself feel better for slut-shaming Steph, Vince's daughter, saying, uh, I, I said on Raw, she's the queen of hardcore, not just the wrestling, but also the porn movies. Nothing like unsubtle Jericho. Huh? Yeah. Uh, Vince is mad at Jericho, not because he said that, but because he didn't call her a no-good, bottom-feeding, trash-bag, disgusting tramp. <laughs> Vince says, good luck, Junior. And Jericho that he calls him Junior too, but that's no, no. right. He is a Junior. He killed his dad. No, he calls did not call him Senior. No, he goes yeah, you too, Junior. Sorry, Vince. But uh, he is Junior. Yes, 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 yes. He's very Vince Man Junior. Yes, 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 yes. And he went, no, I'm El Hijo del Vince. <laughs> Vince, no, wait, Vince Junior was my I've, dad's name. I've written here. Vince said, "Good luck, Junior," and then Jericho said, "Thank you, Senior." And Vince didn't like the senior bit. Oh, maybe that was it. Maybe. Uh, either way. I was paying Vince... attention to this. <laughs> That's got to be mad. Oh, this, we're debating the, the amazing promo. Um, WF New York promo for some reason. Um, I think they're struggling. This I, I was amazed by what they're saying here. This fucker was open seven days a week uh, in New York. That thing must have lost more money than Google Stadia. <laughs> wow, up to date here. 
Also of note, the GoldenEye Watch laser SFX is used briefly, like, pasta, steamed ham, Spike Dudley, just Joe, just just chilling, got nothing else to be doing. I like to have gone to WWF New York on a on like a Tuesday, where fuck all's happening. <laughs> and just be like Sunday pay-per-view Saturday watch the replay of Smackdown Tuesday oh pizzas are off sorry nothing we're not, we're not, we haven't put the oven on <laughs> we haven't put the oven on any wrestlers here any wrestlers here um, uh, the Latin lovers just sat at the bar <laughs> lowdown hey, kids Tiger Ali Singh oh god <laughs> doesn't matter doesn't matter <laughs> why, why do they not want to the, the invasion, sorry, the, the coalition. They don't want to take out WF New York. Now, more like WCW New York. Oh, that'd, be, that'd have been good. That'd be good. That'd be great. They get rid of the, the giant square pizzas from New York. Hey, hey, no, no, no. It's the Atlanta round pizza. Rena- no! Rename it the... I'm eating here. <laughs> Rename it the Nitro Grill. Yes. <sighs> or you have you have it... ECW Hoagies. Oh, I was say have ECW take it over, and then it becomes that nightclub from the Super Mario Brothers movie. <laughs> oh, just oh, all the lizards on a just stick, all like all like sci-fi, but just like really run down and grim. Half of it, yeah, it's a line down the middle. Half of it <laughs> looks nice, nitro grill. I was like, oh, did a, did a dog shit in here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I want, I want it. He's doing things like a real grim metal bar. <laughs> <laughs> like there's no locks on uh, the toilets; they've just been kicked in. Can I have the uh, ba- uh, the Heyman's bouncing check fries, please? <laughs> to go, and by to go, I'm going to run the door without paying. <laughs> ah, good choice, sir. My chips didn't arrive. Yeah, they did. I said. <laughs> that- <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's the most. <laughs> what are you talking about? They did. I swear on my kid's life. Your chips arrived. I swear <laughs> on my daughter's life! Tommy Dreamer's doing that falling down step Tom, Tommy Dreamer! <laughs> Tommy Dreamer's crying at the thought of you not getting your chips. All I want are the fries that I paid for. <laughs> Tommy, you already ate them. Right, that's it. <laughs> Van Damme in the corner going, Do it, I've been ordering Tommy, chips for six months. I'm still waiting. <laughs> Dreamer goes in order fries. He's working around the grill for six weeks. Wait, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> How do they do that? <laughs> Van Damme sat there going, every time I come in here, they don't they don't send out any of my orders. Why do you keep coming back in? I don't know. I just really like the guy that runs it. <laughs> <laughs> just incredible. Uh, How was your meal? Uh, oh, it was just all right. Uh, oh. <laughs> DDP and his god-awful WF theme are here to take on Jericho. DDP had Booker T beat on Raw, but evil Nick Patrick was distracted. So good Hill Hepner tried to interfere, but that went as well as could be expected, so Booker T won. <laughs> Patrick is refing tonight. Mind you, Booker T, I want to point out, has been a grafter since, since yeah. the invasion happened. He's defended the WCW world title against Buff Bagwell, DDP, <laughs> Lance Storm on a house Ooh. show. Uh, Kurt Angle and Chris Jericho. Like, he is the most fighting world champion mm. in the WWF right now because Steve Austin's still really packed. Yeah. Uh, tonight, the man who had a pay-per-view match against Jericho is refing the match. 
or Nick Patrick versus Jericho mm. from like 1997. So, yes. Uh, DDP had two matches against Jericho in WCW to set the scene for Jericho's matches against his cousin Adam in AEW. <laughs> yeah. How was it? Just all right. <laughs> DDP has the advantage early on by just being himself and hugging Jericho into a belly to belly. <laughs> Is he the only skinny guy to do that move? I mean, Shane has the same physique, but his ego made him a heavy Ken dude. Shamrock. He wasn't a skinny guy. Jack. Oh, oh, I thought he meant like a fat like he I, was I, the I fat said bloke. skinny guy. It's a huge so is the DDP, but I only say big fat dudes doing belly to bellies. Dean Knight did one once. As I said, only good people. Oh, no, whatever. <laughs> Dean Knight, geez, who cares? DDP lands. <laughs> DDP lands his spinning sit out uh, sit out power bomb. He's going to say that I really miss people doing to a two count and booze. Jericho makes a comeback, but Patrick refuses to count. So DDP schoolboys him for a quick count that Jericho still kicks out of. Yeah. Jericho then accidentally on purpose knocks Patrick down, and Nick calls it a DQ. And he kind of has a point. It wasn't one of those, whoa, accidentally. It was like, yeah, you have to run into him and elbow yeah. him at the same time. But then Jericho puts both men in the walls of Jericho separately, stopping Nick's attempt at using a chair and smashing DDP over his yoga-powered back to end things happy. And DDP can't even look strong against Jericho. I thought it was a good match, though. Yeah. I thought they had a good guy. They used to have great chemistry together. I, I wish this was one of those matches that would have gone longer. Like, I feel like they had, they could have worked some nice stuff. But then these, these SmackDowns, now that we've got a full-fat roster again, are like packed with like three four minute matches true and it's also one of these things where it's like okay we want Jericho to look good but we need DDP to look good mm. uh, you both look rubbish <laughs> Jericho blatantly hitting a referee and be like what <laughs> all I did was elbow in the face yeah give give someone at WCW a, a, a decent win yeah. <laughs> all I ask is all I ask um, I thought Nick Patrick's facials were hilarious here he's, so, he's such a good so run. good when he went for the chair and Jericho put his foot on the chair yeah, yeah. and Patrick looks like he's about to soil himself multiple times over I was, oh he's great he's great I love Nick Patrick it's, getting, it's being good being reminded of how good Nick was yeah Regal shows up to his bloody room but Heyman is there uh oh so he talks to Willie about wanting to kill the WWF but he still loves that accent of Regal's so he wants him to leave the WF and join the WCW slash Alliance. Regal tells him to get his ruddy feet off his table, you little parasite. And if you don't leave now and go hang out with those ungrateful children of Vince's, he'll commit acts of violence on him that will make the ruddy devil cry. Now bugger off! And bugger off he does. Knocking over the suit of armor, Regal now brings with him to every event. <laughs> will he then adjust his tie Bond style because he's the best? He's fucking brilliant. He's so good. Just... The crowd pop every time he he sizes somebody up, and it's believable. You think normally, like you think the temptation would be get him in a bloody main event push, but you'd think the temptation mm. would be there, but they never do. He comes very close in like oh four, and then after he wins King of the Ring, mm. but another doesn't really amount to anything. Yeah. But because like even Austin is shits himself around Regal, and I love the fact that Regal's earned that respect from people deservedly so that even like austin like when regal fires up he's like all right yeah. well brilliant. i mean it's even brilliant. that uh that triple h promo we're talking about where it's the episode where austin basically tells everyone that triple h rang undertaker and said his wife's yeah deed and all this and so triple h is billy big bollocks going hey how dare you put me i want that thing change and regal for the first time is like no mm. <laughs> oh okay can you make it like a uh, a tag match or something no 
Why, why not? I'll tell you something, sunshine. And even Triple H is like, backs him into a corner. Oh my god, it's phenomenal! Absolutely phenomenal. Love Regal in bloody, the realm. Bloody, bloody buggering tea and biscuits. <laughs> god love the Queen. Oh, all, right, all, right, all right, I'm sorry. How like Regal, who like drifts so wonderfully between like someone who could knock your fucking head off to. Man with the mask, you lovely little petty boy. You want to rub your petals all over me. Oh, scrummy, scrummy, scrummy. Yes. Effortlessly. It's like, well, Angle was able to do comedy effortlessly. It's like, yeah, you're able to do this. because yeah, I'm really secure uh, in the fact that I can it's take just... down and fight nearly anybody in the roster, apart from Daniel Pewter, obviously. Um, it's like, yeah, I can do what I want. Regal, like, yeah, okay, I'll... I'm not afraid of myself look like a tit. You often find that the people who are the most secure in themselves are the ones that can poke fun at themselves. Yeah. Brock Lesnar's become that now. Like he's able just to have some fun and take the piss a little bit. Mm. He never used to. He was very like, we. there's a, a wonderful video on Monday going on the YouTube channel and on the podcast feed where Sam Driver and I just wax lyrical about some fucking mental Inoki stories. I did say in the podcast, like, look, in news... You know, between Sammy and uh, Andrade doing stuff, it's like, oh yeah. By the way, one of the most important wrestlers of all time passed away. Yeah, uh, doing him a great disservice. Hopefully, Tom and Sam will be able to do. Something oh, we there. certainly will. Have we've got, got some. Br- oh. about the Saddam hostage situation. We, we have. We have got a deep dive into Inoki uh, freeing hostages yep. from Iraq. Uh, we've got details on Inoki's island that he bought from Fidel Castro. Uh, Ino- okay, Inoki getting onto stamps in North Korea because of his relationship through Ricky Dozen and okay, and collision that. in Korea. Uh, we've got Ricky. We got we got um, Inoki who uh, went undercover as a homeless person to. To, to make raise awareness of the homeless problem in Japan. I didn't know that. Uh, consequently, they released a homeless Inoki action figure to commemorate <laughs> it. <laughs> homeless Inoki. Homeless Inoki. To, uh, we've got uh, Inoki uh, st- uh, opening a jungle fight MMA show by swimming oh, yes. with alligators and piranhas. <laughs> Oh, I thought you meant the one we parachuted into. Uh, no, I mean that, we'll oh mention that God. one. But there's the one where he where he jumps off a boat and swims through the Amazon River to the event, and people are like, sh- people are shouting him from the from the sides. Oh the uh, there it is, homeless Anoki. <laughs> people are shouting at him, and he thinks they're cheering him, but no, they're telling him there's piranhas and alligators in that water. And Anoki getting bothered. I'd be more concerned if I was an alligator in fucking Anoki. I'm just about to say you're an alligator. Oh my god, it's Anoki. <laughs> and we talk about now. now I won't give Tony many more of the things. Where there are other things we talk about yeah. in it. Um, but the one thing we do talk about as well is how he transfers the fighting spirit through the power of the slash, yes. and, and how much of an honor that became. Only one person in history declined a slap from Anoki. Who was it? Brock Lesnar. Oh. Brock Lesnar is the only person to deny it to be to decline a slap from Anoki. And uh, so, th- and that again, that comes back to Lesnar during a time where he wasn't taking himself, he took himself very seriously. Yeah. And he wouldn't have that. I think, I think Fun Farmer Tractor Lesnar would happily take a yeah. slap from Inoki now. God, what, what an amazing staggering. What a life. He is, he's, and, and someone put this on Twitter, and I think it's so true. Like, he's like Chuck Norris, but if all the facts were true. Yeah. Like, Inoki is phenomenal. If he rolled a six every time. Yeah. Do something. Uh, also, actually, that's not true, is it, though? Did you talk about the, uh, the issues of New Japan and the whole siphoning of funds? Oh, there, I mean, there is some darker stuff that we get into yeah. with Inoki. Um, yeah, it's not all perfect, obviously. Oh. Hey, I think it'd be a really good idea to book Akira Mieda and Andre the Giant together without a finish, just to see what happens. <laughs> oh, Inoki. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. Anyway. anyway, so, yeah, so yeah. Uh, it's when you don't take yourself too seriously, you can have some more fun. That was the point that we yes. were making there. And we got a plug-in for the Inoki video. So that's good. And, oh, wow, from one of the most interesting wrestlers of all time, to Lance Storm. 
and his poor WF theme, along with Mike Awesome in small trunks again. He hasn't Phew. got the awesome tights, has he? Yeah, but he did ask for awesome tights, and he hasn't got them. Huh. How's the process still being made? Yeah, as he comes out, as the both men stand in the ring, get ready to do the promo, some guy holds a sign, a very well-timed sign, that says, Is this WF jacked? Ha-ha! <laughs> <laughs> Oof. Uh, for people who don't know, WF jacked was the WF metal. Or we had, I think we had metal in the UK, and I think they had yeah. jacked elsewhere. I love, yeah, I think that didn't really translate over here. Love WF Metal. I love the idea of people just watching metal and thinking like Midian and Viscera were like the top <laughs> guys in the WWF and did that. That's right. Which they were, match. granted. They were, granted. Yeah. Anyway, heel WWF number two, who JR does not know the name of. Did you know which ref this was? Because I didn't. Charles Robinson, wasn't it? No. I would recognize Charles. I'm sure nah, it was the in other that one. case, no. Nah. Oh, the other one. Um, it looks like, uh, like Corderas, but if you couldn't get the license to him in a video game, that's something that looked like him. Oh, just like generic ref number yeah. three. Jay Kaderas. Uh, <laughs> uh, 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 worth noting oh. at this point, uh, in this week in The Observer, uh, it's mentioned that obviously Lance Storm and Mike Awesome are, are an ECW team at this point. <laughs> Bullshit. Um, yeah, uh, there's pushes for creative to get just incredible out of X Factor and to do stuff with uh, Lance Storm. Mm. Reunite the impact players and Dawn Marie's name has been brought up in creative meetings. Oh. So potentially putting them three together. I think that won't happen. It did not happen. Because because what happened what's what's gonna what you're gonna see happen in the forthcoming weeks is that whilst this ECW thing is so very hot, it's just gonna become the alliance and then all of a sudden that connection to ECW doesn't really matter. Mm. Uh, and so they don't really worry too much about getting ECW originals and WCW originals in from here. Yeah, yeah it gets shame. a bit weird. It's also funny that yeah. Oh, no, we don't want to care. We don't bring about those things that happened in the other company, especially. Yeah, cool. Um, here's the team that were in WCW. <laughs> yeah. We're not going to call them Team Canada. Uh, one, because it's a WCW thing and they're dead. Ha, ha, ha. Uh, and also, Mike Olson wasn't Canadian. No, that was kind of the but weird he joke, was wasn't it? in two versions of Team Canada. He was in the Team Canada in FMW <laughs> uh, and then was also in this version of WCW. He just, he's an honorary Canadian. Apparently. So if I was on, you know, it's like me playing for Newcastle United. Yeah. <laughs> if you win, yeah. you're a Geordie. If not, you're a Southern. Dirty Southern. Yeah. Anyway, the uh, non-cooperated ref prevented the concerto on Mike on Raw to help Lance land a superkick on Edge to help Mike win. Edge is rightfully being protected, but the ECW later day WCW fan in me is sad at seeing just another wrestler, Mike Awesome, right now. Mm, yeah. yeah, he just he doesn't stand out in this. Market at all in that size ring with everybody else bigger than him. Mm. He just look. He does not look like Mike Awesome. He looks like yeah. Mike Average. In the land of the giants. Yeah, Mike mm. Average. Lance Storm says this. City... But that says something for how well he was booked and presented oh, absolutely, in yeah. ECW. Because I watched him in ECW and I went, "Oh my god, this guy's surely WWF bound." Okay. And then when he turned up in WCW, I was like, "Oh, he's tiny." First, first dude, the have attack, Kevin Nash. I mean, whose idea was that? Oh, we, yeah. right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind. But yeah, just like, hey, how about we sh- emphasize this guy's negatives? And he's just one of the many, many people that you go, oh, okay. He said we did a really good job of protecting many, many people. Public enemy in WCW. Mm. What a sad, sad, sad. As you'll probably appreciate every week on your lovely, yes. lovely Nitro recap. Yes, we are. It's, um, we just had, uh, not long ago had Super Brawl, and it was Public Enemy versus the Nasty Boys. Yeah, the um, only team they did anything good with. Yeah, but even then they couldn't beat the Nasty Boys. Heaven for yeah. heaven for fend that you beat the fucking Nasty Boys, Public Enemy. It's it started well, and then it, like with the first the, the first page was good, and then it just scribbles yeah. for the rest. All right, of it. now what? Yeah. yeah. 
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Storm says the city may not be the best city to talk about winning a championship. Boo. But he says the fact that Edge and Christian won seven tag titles in this company says a lot about the talent in this company. Uh, wow. He's right. Mm. Right now, apart from the Dudleys and APA, who are the WF tag teams right now? Lowdown are still stuck in Puerto Rico. Oh, WF New York this Tuesday. <laughs> so you got... You got the Hardys, you got the Dudleys. They're not really teaming up now. Hardys doing single stuff. Mm, yes, yeah, Duds are definitely together. APA, Christian, A and C, Sean Stasiak, and um, Chuck Palumbo and Sean O'Hare. That's WCW. Oh yeah, sorry. Um, Steve Black. No, that's done as well, isn't it? God, yeah. That's what it. A, yeah. What a. Even head cheese are showing up right now. No. Uh, anyway, Edge and Christian interrupt them, so Lance can do that stare that he does mm. as the commentators mock. His lack of charisma. Well, this is beautifully done because this was interspersed with one of those bits where they have um, a bit of commentary taped over for the local market mm. and then something maybe for the UK market and whatever. And we got the, um, I think we got the American market one. And and it's, so it's, it's dropped in a such a way and it just sounds so jarring. It's Michael Cole saying, want to remind our great fans in Montreal... Uh, our, our date in Montreal has changed from a live event. It's now a SmackDown in October. And speaking of SmackDown, that Lance Storm doesn't have much charisma. Yeah. I rewound it a few times. I thought I'd had a stroke. I was like, <laughs> okay, that's just a weird yeah. run-on sentence. It is, isn't it? Yeah. So it's Christian versus Lance mm-hmm. with both men working beautifully together in the first match. As Eddie's distracted call lets us know that there's arm wrestling later with the women's. The women. Christian lands a spinning reverse DT off the top which very nice, uh, which Mike has to yank Christian off to help him, who were. With the referee distracted with Edge, Awesome tries a chair shot, but Hebner, in capital letters like Walter, runs in to, <laughs> to grab the chair, and that helps Edge spear Lance, and that's that. I sure I'm enjoying these unique finishes every match. <laughs> well, exactly the same as the DP. Yeah, what yeah, do you think? This is kind of the, just, as I said, let's have WCW get a solid win. 
like a like a clean win, a no. strong win, please, because it's not going to hurt. Why are we something weird about it? I like they're doing it, trying to get as much cool moves in as possible before the finish kicks in. Christian's like, oh yeah, yeah reverse. Tornado DDT, sure, why not? Rolling forward Samoan and drop, the old Mr. Kennedy classic, yep. chucked in there for good measure. Aye. And backstage, Sergeant Slaughter sees Vince. He's used to fighting in wars, you see, even though the closest one he's been involved with involved G.I. Joe and Cobra. <laughs> this was a weird bit with Slaughter. And he saw Freddie Blassie getting a payoff and went, ooh, I'm old. <laughs> but it's the way he thinks, Vince, you've got to sit down. I've got some news for you. I was like, Vince's like, oh, God, what? Steve Austin's here! Hey! It's the sort of shit that I pull with Alex, where I'll just go, Alex, we need to talk. And I go, and, she, and just like she'll go, what? I said, we do need to talk. Um, we've got no milk <laughs> for a coffee. And she'll go, please stop doing that, because yeah. I think you're going, you think, yeah. you're, think you're about to dump me. Yeah, come on, Tom, Jesus. <laughs> Vince, uh, sit down. Oh, what? WF New York's out of K-Quickie shakes. They've run out of lizards on sticks at ECW Lagoon. Oh. <laughs> Tell the children there'll be no orphanage this year. <laughs> uh. The evil WCW women, Tori, not that one, and Stacey remind us that they're wrestling on the pay-per-view, allegedly. Uh, Nick Patrick says he will be refereeing the arm wrestling tonight and there's sexual tension, which doesn't make sense because they're evil team WCW and... Nick Patrick but, is also evil team WCW. No, but you forget that Tori Wilson and Stacey Keebler are whores. And they just they <laughs> Alright Russo. And they and they just come on to every bloke. Mm. That's the story that they're telling us. Oh, right, right. Because like Tor- I, I'm gonna help you win because I'm the Oh that's great. No, no, no. I'm, no, I'm, I'm you don't married. need to do that. No. Oh, sorry, just force a habit. Oh. I thought I'd have to beguile you. Mm. I've, I'm, you're already beguiled. I don't think they're whores, by the way. I just want yeah, to point that out. That was just the, this is the, the frustrating thing is that this is what the, the women are presented as in this particular era, and it's it's so arcane. <laughs> but speaking of sexual tension, William Regal calls Dajiri a scrumptious <laughs> bag of calamari. <laughs> Oh, scrummy, scrummy, scrummy. Mm. Except he yum, doesn't, yum. but you believe ooh, he did. Ooh, you delightful truffle, you. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I watched those compilations of Regal just mm. hitting on Excalibur with great joy. If I'm ever feeling sad, I'll watch a, a compilation of Excalibur mm. getting hit on by Regal. Uncomfortably power. horny Regal. Oh. Anyway, Regal is thrilled that the jury took out Taz on Raw. So tonight, they're doing the main event, well, not really, with Undertaker and Kane. Wait, they already announced at the start of the show. Oh, well, whatever. Stupid editors. Uh, Tajiri is really happy. Uh, Undertaker shows up, and he doesn't have his lifts in again, uh, so Kane <laughs> towers over him and wants to know what's wrong with Tajiri, who yells over everything Regal says. Tajiri sits on the desk and does the Kane sit-up and then also imitates the choke slam as Kane pauses and calls him a freak. <laughs> Tajiri is happy. He's 300% a stereotype, but God, is he over... 2001, indeed. Yeah, I, I, I thought this was great. I like, I, I love the idea of Tajiri team with Undertaker and Kane, yeah. and I, and, and I like how impossibly over he currently is. Mm. Power Slam wrote a whole article on it. Yeah. Remember about how shocked they were that Tajiri. I remember him going like, oh, Tajiri's coming over. Wow, great. Do we have to love those small Japanese wrestlers? Who yeah, do style. And then a few months later. Bloody hell. I wonder whether hanging out with Regal has probably helped. I think being connected with Regal is probably... Team stereotype. (laughs) The bloody bastards. Oh, it's our our new new person, this six-man tag. 
Luigi Primo. Mamma mia, I do the thing. I eat the calzone. I'm not taking the vax. Oh, oh, that wacky pizza man. He's so wacky. He works the doors at WF New York. <laughs> Vince and the crowd are happy to have Austin return uh, to the small room Vince is currently in. The small room, that's its name. Uh, Vince is so happy that he tries to hug Austin, but Steve doesn't want one because it's the old stone cold. Uh, because he's old stone cold, Austin wants a drink and insists that he drink his drink out of a lug shoe. <laughs> the old lug soul is back <laughs> and ready for drinking oh. out of. It's Heyman getting hit in the dick by Molly Holly and then taking, uh, then Ma Molly, I should say, taking a powerbomb off the top by Bubba through a table as Spike watches because he's old and he stinks. Look, <laughs> the shoe is, that is neither of those things. <laughs> drink your issues away, little shoe Dudley. <laughs> Use these shoes to run away from your problems. My wife, my uh, Molly's in a hospital. Glug glug glug. <laughs> the Dudleys do a shoey on us, Spike. They do it in Australia. Oh, they do, don't they? They love a shoey in Australia. The do a shoey out of a lugs. Film a video if you're in Australia oh, no. doing a shoey out of a lug and. I will follow you on Twitter, but you have to be in Australia, and it has to be a lug. Do it. Do, Do it. it, you coward! Tom will follow you. I will block you. Yeah. That's your reward. <laughs> the Dudleys head out with Wee Fat Taz, <laughs> and this match is sponsored by Cornut, RC Cola, and Subway, the sandwiches for pedophiles. Uh, these are the things that Taz has eaten backstage to prepare for this match. <laughs> That's essentially a SmackDown meal deal there, yes. isn't it? <laughs> he is eaten for two, this lad. Tajiri, with Big Pop, is out first to show he hates ECW and doesn't even wait for the Brothers of Destruction. And Kane's giant pop, because this is 2001, it mm -hmm. is, of course, Cool Kane. Got no time for Snoopy Tennis. Bubba stares down Sarah Nectatu, who was suddenly the hottest woman on earth, the way the wrestlers go after her. Uh, Kane gets a rough backdrop on Bubba, who fights the whole way up. Well done, Bubba. And the Dudleys work over Kane easily. In fairness to Bubba, it's not easy to wrestle when you've got a hard arm. Uh, Taz tags in, and Kane is absolutely not selling anything for him for a single second. So Kane excitedly tags in Dajiri, who makes Taz look normal-shaped. Bubba has to deliver a forward chair drop, or whatever you call it, as Taz can't even work over Tajiri by himself now. He needs help from Bubba. <laughs> it is so sad seeing how Taz has fallen. Yeah. Uh, Taz, Taz clotheslines Tajiri as JR says Taz has no character. Even JR oh. is getting on the action. It's four on three, Tom. Poor Taz. Taz gets the first Tazplex I can recall on TV in forever, but then Tajiri kicks him so he can tag in Undertaker, who just murders Taz. <laughs> Bubba makes the save for Taz, and it all breaks down. Taz locks in the Taz mission on Dajiri, but then leaves him open for the choke slam to end it. A clean finish! Oh, right, it's Undertaker and Kane, of course. Yeah, of course it's it is, of course it is. Yeah, uh, apart from seeing Taz so far underneath the earth, he needs a pith helmet oh. just to see his way home. What do you think, Tom? <laughs> Pudding disenjoyment noises. <laughs> <laughs> um, was what it was. Interesting to see, like, Undertaker and Kane uh, with Tajiri. I like that little unit. It's nice. Yeah. Uh, it's a shame that the first clean victory of the night is a WWF one. Like we're so like they're, they're clicking the pieces into place so nearly by making WCW and ECW look like a threat. They're saying the right words. They're doing the right. They're they're putting together the right people. But then in they're ring, playing the right notes, not necessarily in the right. Yeah, order. like 
Did, like, I want some clean wins over the, from the WCW lot. That makes them a threat when you have DDP. Oh, holy shit, DDP outsmarted Jericho and beat him. Not with like screwy refs and bollocks. Should be like, Jericho goes for a lion salt and DDP sees it coming, kicks the ropes, maybe low blows him as he's on the ropes, and then it's a diamond cutter. Or it's a diamond cutter. Like, like that sort of thing where it's like, oh, shit, these WCW guys are really good. But then that goes against the whole idea of actually, you know, making WCW look like like a threat in ring. Um, they're doing that so closely with the promos and stuff. And that's why there is this juxtaposition that does my Swede in. They just, oh, just, and then Undertaker Kane and Zajiri just mow through the Dudleys and Taz. You know, it's, I think that the tag team coming up is, is doing more damage in that regard. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about, Tom? Yeah. Oh, I see. Lita and Trish talk backstage about bras and panties. So Earl Hebner, in his fifth appearance of the night, arrives to sell them T-shirts and insists <laughs> he'll be the referee tonight. Uh-oh. Trish then says she'll be going... She's... What? She's going to leave Tori in a position she's used to being in. Down. Because they're whores. That it didn't... I, you're used to being that down position. Going, down position. Going down. Oh, she'll be going down. She'll be in going that down as it. She's yeah. getting the lift to Horville. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put Tori in a position she knows a position to give a man a blowjob. That would make more sense. It would have been a lot more lewd, but it was mm. just very badly delivered. Rude. You're going down. Where town? <laughs> where you can go? Going down is a is a is a phrase for doing. No, a, but she said that blowing position, for blowing the, a job. The down position. It's like. I don't know. That's just a weird thing. I, I always thought like going down is like a phrase unto itself rather than Yeah, like but a, she didn't say that. A, 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 a move, yeah, I know. She's like it was me trying to write. Clumsily delivered. She's like me trying to write, write, read my own notes <laughs> that I wrote. I like Lita then going, oh, sorry, Trish. I wrote that about six weeks ago. <laughs> I'm going to beat her and she's going to be so upset she's going to suck a dick. <laughs> it's like, all right, Trish. Jesus. Anyway, anyway here's Bradshaw to take on Sean O'Hare whose crappy WF theme sounds like a Jimmy Hart version of APA's theme, weirdly enough. Yeah! It was like, they played the AP. Sean O'Hare. Wait, here's Jim Johnson. It's not the same. It's not, there's, there's goes. Anyway. I feel like it's Jim Johnson writing a WCW theme. I think they could have added a little element to this, to this WCW invasion, and had uh, the uh, ring announcer for WCW that isn't um, Michael Buffer. What's his name? Bruce Buffer? No. The one they had for everything else. And, and so whenever a WCW Wait, well, guy comes out, you just hear, I'm doing a new jack dive of a balcony. <laughs> yeah. What's his what, what, name? What? It's the guy right Capetta? Right. It might oh, be right, Gary Michael Capetta Capetta. or David Michael Capetta or Gary Michael Capetta. It might have been Penza. <gasps> Penza, possibly. You watch any WCW from the, like I can't remember 2000. who the announcer is in two thousand. But you know what I mean when like as Penza? they walk to the ring, they just go. Yeah, oh, so you like something in front of him. Yeah. <laughs> I think it is. You know, it's been a while since I've checked. I think yeah. That'd been a close. great little touch to have their own announcer. So like you have, you yeah. know, clear as a whistle, sort of Lillian Garcia or Howard Finkel just going Bradshaw. And then you got Oh, they're doing it at the same time, like the, the mess of them. Lillian's like, heading to the ring from the big old <laughs> tough men's bar. It's Brett. 
Choose me. I'm trying to come and do it. Here's Brad. It's Brad. Okay. It's Bradshaw. Bradshaw just eats O'Hare alive and even tries at Le Mahistral of all bloody things. <laughs> he does, then he bless him. He saw Christian doing the reverse of the team. He goes, I can do that. No way, no, I can't. <laughs> La Mahistral seconds in. More like La Mahina. They land outside and then Palumbo gets a shot on Brad, but he kicks out the pin attempt and Farouk guns Raj on him at ringside as a fan yells, ha ha, so loud it could be heard on the audio for the broadcast. <laughs> Sean lands a giant spin kick uh, to no pop for some reason. All right, Philistines. O'Hare does the giant backflip off the top rope whilst lying on his feet, but Brad kicks him down, which is mean. Mm. O'Hare then jumps right into Brad's arms so he can follow a slam him right across the ring. O'Hare tries a cheeky pin, but that doesn't work either. So Brad simply lands a clothesline from hell as hard as humanly possible to end it. Bradshaw just shoved these kittens in a bag with some bricks and lobbed it into the sea. Now, there was a little bit of shenanigans that led to this bit. Um, big shout for O'Hare hitting that spinning Death Valley driver which I think was his finisher briefly uh, in his WWE run. Oh, later on. You like mean, a right. Death Valley bomb type right, thing, right. which is really nice. Um, Palumbo tried to get amongst it. Brad has hoofed him. Uh, then Sean at a fucking clothesline yeah. from hell uh, for the three. Did you notice that the ring was extra squeaky during this match? No. Really squeaky ring. Don't why know why. was that? Don't know. I just noticed the ring was very squeaky. Is it all the ring rust from Sean O'Hare? <laughs> it must be all his ring rust. Yeah, two months hasn't done anything. Uh, these teams meeting at Invasion uh, because the best way to really sell the uh, the impending threat mm. is to have the WWF team win on the go-home <laughs> before winning on the pay-per-view. But he looked really impressive in his... Div- oh, wait, no, he didn't. I just had... Uh, why <laughs> not just, just cutting off everything he tried to do. Can you not just have... A- Palumbo and O'Hare beat you on Raw and SmackDown. This is, I think, the bleeding over of the real-life issues they were having backstage as we've been reported over the years of, like, uh-oh, we don't like all these people coming in and threatening our jobs. So we're just going to just sandbag the fuck out of them. Miserable. People like, Thunder Rosa doesn't do a move, one move very well and is forever tarnished without, like, go back and watch his period of wrestling. Yeah, good shout. Yeah. WF New York had a signing for leader. And her new VHS, it just feels right. The only thing I remember about this video was Power Slam ragging on her looks in the review of it, which as a kid was very weird to read. Mm. She said it was something like a line of, uh, Lita says she's, uh, it finds it hard to deal with all the attention she gets. And Finn Martin said something like, well, don't worry if your facial looks are changing the way they're doing, don't have to worry about that for very long. Oh. It was such, I'm like looking going, Lita? Like, oh yeah, that's strumpet. Oh Christ. <laughs> That burnt-out fireplace leader. We're a that. terrible like, people. I, I was like, I don't know what the fuck that was about. We're a terrible people. Uh, as I said up on here, but wait, Finn, what does that have to do with Mick Foley like the fans? <laughs> anyway, it's here. Did you spot this pal? You probably did. A young AJ Lee in yeah! tears talking to leader, and that would be shown many a time later on. I loved that. AJ Lee was the was the, was the the fan that was crying. Mm. She'd go on to become a champion in the, the WWF. young AJ Lee, obviously she'd stay the exact same height, bless her, but you know. <laughs> Future wife of CM Punk. Yeah. Christ. The, obviously the, she's like 12 years old here, so Finn Martin says she's already, oh, look at her, rough as fuck. The one person on the... On look the, at her, the wizard sleeve. Oh, Finn Martin, now we're... I feel for AJ Lee because Jesus Christ, how many times have you in your in, if you're in a relationship, like when your other half comes home, you just without even thinking about it go, "How was your day, dear?" <laughs> AJ Lee, when she asks, "How was your day, honey?" <laughs> and then fucking sit down for an hour. Here we go. 
<laughs> Unhappy muffin eating noises. Amazing muffins. Tell me about your day. <laughs> Everyone's fucking stupid. Yeah, I've, I've, had my fo- I've had my phone switched off for a few hours. What's happened? So I've had oh. my brain switched off for a few hours. Talk to me. But it was fucking shit. All right. Remember that time I met Lida? Yeah. <laughs> I like that that's the only thing she brings up. When Punk gets home, eating muffins, going, everyone's a fucking twat at work. <laughs> Do you remember when I met Leah? <laughs> she's written a book. She's written yeah, comics. Right. She's done all this stuff. But she, all she goes is, Do you remember when I met Leah? <laughs> what a lovely marriage. <sighs> what could be better than that? Tom? Oh, nothing. Oh, I know, not, no, not a mulligan O'Hare. Uh, arm wrestling. Yay! Yay. So four women, two refs, just like Thunderdome. <laughs> we skip right to the end. We don't even do the usual teasers in arm wrestling where they can't lock up and they have to do the thing and they delay it and everything else. Uh, with Hebner getting attacked immediately, Tori helping the other one win, and then the cat fight, cat fight breaking up. Followed by the ref fight, ref fight, with the women stopping Earl from continuing before stomping Nick Patrick themselves. Nick flies like Kurt Henning on Jack Daniels for Trish, Lita, and Earl. God bless him. I put he bumps like Sonic losing his rings. <laughs> <laughs> That's a better one. Um, WW, I don't know whether we talked about it on this podcast before, but WWF fans love arm wrestling matches. <laughs> they fucking do. Because I've seen the, the, the views that they've got Yeah, on the, the eighth channel. most popular oh, video on their channel. The eighth most popular is... is Henry and Cena? Braun Strowman oh. and Bobby Lashley, 150 million Views. Oh, okay. Uh, Cena and Henry is not far behind it at 130 million. All right. So, so like the rookie you, numbers, lads. Our so you make problems for yourselves if you're a wrestling fan and you hate arm wrestling matches. You make problems for yourselves because they do the big numbers. Because they must be the ones that people like. Nah, I'm not really into this, but they see the size of the two bastards. So I'll like, oh, watch that. Yeah, that's yeah. it. It's all in the thumbnail. Yeah. Do you know Mr. Beast? The YouTuber. Oh, I loved Mr. him. Uh, I loved his first film where he destroyed <laughs> that painting. <laughs> nice, nice. I Sorry. like that. You know, I know of him. I don't really care. No, you're not bothered, like because well, obviously r- ridiculously rich YouTuber, but does these these wild, expensive videos. I know they're like real life Squid Games, which yeah, is like a real version life. of hell. Yeah, like, it's just gonna keep keeping opening that up. We'll get <laughs> it's gonna get worse, isn't it? Real life Dante Inferno. We did real life Charlie in the Chocolate Factory, which is really good. <laughs> Oh, no. Um, and he'll do like stuff like, I've bought these all these cars and I'm just going to give them away. Or you're like, we went to this Rumbelows and bought every dishwasher. Uh, and then we're going to build a house out of them. And he does stuff like that. I've, he did an interview where he said that he spends between three and $5,000 on thumbnails. What? Three to $5,000 on thumbnails. I don't understand how it can cost that much. I think hiring artists... Uh, to, to 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 do the job. Not the whole him going. And he'll make multiple. Uh, yeah, you'd have thought that'd be all there Holy is. Holy Christ! But you but, but apparently that's Red what he sp- that's what he spends on him. He must. He, he, someone's making a mint off of Mr. Beast because he'll and he'll get three or four made. Because then if he puts a video on and he doesn't deem it to be performing well, he'll change the thumbnail for another one and try it out again. But if I was the IRS, I'd use that excuse to audit him. Yeah, so, I would. Oh, so Mr. Beast, the money launderer, right? <laughs> Four grand on thumbnails, you say? To Mr. Beast Thumbnail Enterprises. Ah, yeah. Mm. Wow, hey, my honest just charges loads, Your Honor. <laughs> sure. Anyway, Vince, Vince, Christ. Vince. Backstage, Vince has heard the good news. His divorce proceedings are on hold. Yay! Oh, He's so happy. Remember that? No! Neither did the fake crowd pop. Oh. Wrong time for that segment. Uh, anyway, Vince's new squeeze is clearly corn nuts, 
the motorcycle driving back flipping corn nutter. It's Rob Van Dam, Frog Splashing Jeff on Raw. Corn nuts. They're corny. They're nutty. And they're just wrong. <laughs> you look so confused when you read that. <laughs> it's like a parody of advertising. It corn is. nuts. The motorcycle driving badass nuts. I mean, that's it. That's made it. of corn. Do you know what? It's a tough order uh, becoming the marketing firm for corn nuts. Because they've always been there. Like, okay, can you come up with some new creative for corn nuts? Riding a bike, they're 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 angry. Corn nuts. Fucking spend six grand on thumbnails. <laughs> Get fucked. Hashtag Mister Bitch. <laughs> Mister Bitch. He's gonna yeah. go on Alex Jones and say a bunch of racial slurs. Corn uh, nuts. You know how uh, the cultaholic curse lives lives well. Just just a quick break. Oh, no. Breaking news. That I just my phone's just gone ding ding ding. Oh, um, so I thought it'd be quite nice to catch. The cult art, the breaking news. Like Jimmy Smith. Or a Pokemon. No, Jimmy Smith's already gone. Oh. Nigel McGuinness has just gone. When? What? what? Well, he was still there? He was still there. He was doing NXT level up for a bit. And I think he, he was, was what? Yeah. And. Fuck off. That's not a real show. No, it's a real show. He's, he's gone. And, and I did wonder with all the movements of the commentators, like where Nigel fits into it. And clearly he doesn't, which is a real shame. I think Nigel McGuinness was great on NXT UK and great whenever he popped up on the main roster. I liked him. I think he's great. Gutted that he never became a in-ring competitor for WWE, but hey, I hope if that's an itch he's able to scratch. I hope he does. But yeah, so there you go. A bit of breaking. Obviously, you know about it now. Probably we've done a news video this morning about it. So uh, Nigel McGuinness has gone from WWE. Oh. That's a shame. That's a shame. Anyway, so back to 2001, A Space Odyssey. Oh, fair enough then, yeah. I like Nigel. Big but... Nigel. What was your favourite Big Nigel moment? Probably all the commentating he did. I wasn't... <laughs> wow, that sounds <laughs> like a, what a piece of shit. My no. favourite thing about Nigel Magnus was all the commentary, what he did. Like, his Ring of Honor run, I didn't enjoy at the time or watch. And the stuff that I did see, it was like, oh, he shoot headbutt at the ring post. And I was like, I'm, what, what, why? Like, I'm... I'm watching CZW at this point, mm. and they're going through tables and barbed wires and cows. And mm. I was looking at that, thought, that's way more stupid than what CZW were doing. Yeah. I'm going to hurt myself with an iron. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> you absolute monster. That's, you're supposed to be the proper wrestler. Necro Butch is going to do it because he's, he's got no future prospects. You know, he's going to be in a film with Mickey Rourke in a few years' time and then completely waste his opportunity. It doesn't need but to be like you, you got, Yeah, you got ambition, haven't you? And, <laughs> Jesus. So when he started commentating and doing all the stuff, I thought, Wow, he's pretty good at talking. I really like his style, his delivery, his tone, just his accent, everything right. Loved him. And I also like the fact he had that podcast that I've already been told told about that hopefully you'll go back to where he's talking about living in the woods and being part of a polyamory group and all this stuff. Oh. He sounds like a way more interesting blogie uh, out of wrestling than he is in it. He does, doesn't he? Get him on the show and talk about, all right, what's the stuff you do that isn't wrestling? Yeah, I can, can't I? Do you tennis your Snoopy? Yeah, see if he plays Snoopy tennis. Yeah. Oh, you're more of a Dennis the Menace BMX challenge hey, squad. Little Mermaid pinball frenzy kind of guy. Desperate Dan bounces at the pub. <laughs> Whatever, sure. <shut up. laughs> just mad libbing, just I love shite. it when you, when you bail on a gag. Yeah. Like jumping out of a burning car. Fuck <laughs> it. <laughs> Wild card, bitches. Uh, Jeff Hardy, the hardcore champion, is here to wear his title around his waist and help turn Matthew gay on. 
<laughs> Is that what he was Who doing? Who wrote that? Was, so what was the what was the bit that kind of made you realize that your bread was buttered that side? Was it Jeff it, Hardy or was it the wearing of the belt? It, it was when you take his top off and the female audience go, ah! I'm like, huh? Ooh. What? Ooh. Male attraction? No. What are do, you doing here? Men do that. <laughs> men do that with the women. Like, I'm, like, I'm not going to do oh, okay, I can see. Yeah. Oh, and his X-Pac time. There we go. Like a bucket of cold water with his light heavyweight title as I'm already forgetting all these champions already. Uh, and their opponent is the WWE Cruiserweight champion, Billy Kidman. So there's three people with titles. <laughs> We're getting know. at the title. We're at the AEW levels of, wow, lots of titles there. And non-title, boom, RVD. This is Rob Van Dam's first SmackDown match. It certainly is. Wow, we're here. And big difference between him and a lot of the wrestlers right now. Crouch on EC Dub and RVD hard for the man himself. He was one of the rare guys to keep his superstar aura. He gets a tag uh, from Kidman, and the crowd are instantly making tons of noise as he splashes Jeff over the ropes. Do you I feel like on his entrance, they slightly muted him, his, his, his reaction? I don't it know. It feels like tell, he was slightly muted. But they couldn't mute any of this audio. That no, as soon as you, you match, couldn't so. avoid it. It was undeniable. Yeah. RVD tries the rolling monkey flip, but Jeff stops, and Jeff's female fan base go nuts, cheering him to make up for RVD's crowd. And then both teams come together, both the pro-RVD, pro-Jeff camp, to boo X-Pac. <laughs> X-Pac takes out RVD with his dumb kick, and RVD comes back with one of his own, as JR has to put over his skills. So even if he's mm. evil, whatever, alliance blokey, it's like... Yeah, that guy who's going to destroy our company does look good. He's very good. Yeah. Running Thunder gets a two. Jeff tags in and takes out Kidman with no pop and a rough jawbaker onto RVD. Xbox lands Jeff, so it helps Jeff land the poetry in motion, but then uses Jeff to springboard Bronco Buster, which I thought was interesting because you can see doing the Whisper Wind Project Motion thing looks beautiful. It's quite something else to look over and Jeff on his and goes, oh no, and X-Pac doing that to do a springboard Bronco Buster because it's like, here comes Dick. <laughs> X-Pac lands on Kidman. Jeff goes for the Swanton, but misses. And RVD is right there to land the five-star splash beautifully timed on Jeff to make up for he just splashed uh, nothing. X-Pac cruelly kicks out, as that would be the magnificent finish, as RVD lands on his balls, so Kidman can land the head sitter to win. It's the name I have for that move. It's a bit weird. Very interesting match in terms of pop. Uh, but yeah, what more can you say about? Hey, people like RVD. Yeah, that, that you just there's a palpable energy around Rob yep. Van Dam in this company, unlike Mike Awesome. And I'm sorry yeah. to use him as an example. You are, like Rob Van Dam looks immediately like he belongs here. He looks completely in the right place. He doesn't look like he's dwarfed by the ring or the people he's in there with. I mean, admittedly, he's in there with Jeff Hardy and X Park and Billy Kidman. Oh, you mean but, people are all right with him getting some cool moves in? Yeah, that's not like oh, I don't know, Bradshaw. Or Sean yeah, Hale. I imagine if he was in there with Bradshaw, he'd have attempted like one spin kick, and Bradshaw would have just knocked his head off and gone. See, can't work. Bradshaw's thinking, what moves can I do? And he's like, all right, I can't do moonsault, can't do. Uh, monkey flip like, alright the boogie woogie elbow drop Paul Ornoff would do <laughs> I wish he would do that uh, Kidman's finisher fuck that's, that's fucking horrible I can't see that last night reverse time, pedigree I'm gonna sit on your head is it because the kid crusher is the unprettier was that what it was in WCW I honestly can't remember him doing anything other than the shooting star press I'm sure but he, my memory's hazy I might be thinking of no 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 because the vertebraker was the cop killer 
Yeah, that's, her, um, that's, that's Helms. That's Greg, Gregory Helms. I'm sure Kidman, um, I'm sure his finish was the um, was the unprettier. The kid uh, crush was the unprettier. Yeah, it'll and, be and obviously did the shoot star press as well, but if they want like a ground finisher. I guess. But that reverse pedigree is fucking weird. Yeah. I don't like it. Yeah. No, it, don't it, don't it do worked, that again. Turn that, wo- get that off my TV. It worked last week because it was a counter. This mm. week is like, oh, here's my hot finish. This is the move I have to awkwardly set up for. I'm just going to move your arm there, move myself there, pull myself there. Rubbish! Yeah. RVD, yeah. But RVD's great. Backstage, Vince goes to sing with Austin, but Austin takes the guitar and goes, no, 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 no. this is how you do it, Austin. No, Vince, that's my name. And then smashes the guitar over Vince's head. The day the music died. <laughs> it's weird that... Vince has asked for the old Stone Cold and you get these segments to remind you he's not by doing the opposite things. It's like, mm. We grasp the concept, like one segment in, but whatever. Uh, backstage, the Alliance Coalition Lib Dems uh, get yelled at by Heyman and also Steph before Paul says, it's all right though. Give me a hell yeah, right? Yeah. Hey. Mm. Vince is getting iced and uh, shows Kurt Angle. He's okay. He's going to lie here and feel good because Austin is back. He's so concussed. That's how you deal with CT in 2001. Uh, it sets up the main event of Rhino and Booker T versus Stone Gold and Kurt Angle. We have a replay of the opening recap, uh, I guess because the episode is running short. She mm. needs more filler segments and daft segues, yeah, I think. Yeah, it's the same bit from earlier, strangely. Yeah. Booker T, still the WWE World and US champ, heads out with Shane. Uh, Rhino heads out with Heyman and Steph. Look like they're taking a dog for a walk. I kind of feel like that to just uh, it were nice I mean there's too many belts maybe but I would like them because they keep acknowledging Rhino as the last ECW champion yes. give him the belt back give him the belt uh, they don't have the belt oh it's with the creditors in it <laughs> no I am I right in saying this it's been a while since I checked didn't Rhino that belt was stolen from him oh was it I forget the chronological order of this because oh. when Rhino did that segment on TNA that people still talk about when he burned his title, it's like it wasn't, it was like a fake belt uh, or something in there. So, because he legitimately didn't own it. Well, there you go. Did you hear about Tito Santana? Um, he had the original WF IC title belt. Then it was reformed the pieces. So they did an angle where Greg Valentine beat him for it in the cage. But Tito was like, oh, bollocks of this. So he just got his title and swung it and smashed it and all that. Uh, Tito got to keep that belt. And he just, well, Tio kept at his gym for ages and he just went, eh, whatever. Tony's looking around. So he just binned it one day. Oh, what? He was like, look, you binned it? He went, yeah, I know. <laughs> so he knows that he's he like, was like, I was in a weird place. Yeah. It was the 80s. He kept seeing this raggedy old crappy belt. He's like, who wants this? It's like, Tito. Tito Santana. Matador. Yeah, he got hit by the bull there. One more Matador. Angle enters the ring and Rhino immediately goes at him and gives him a gore as the crowd holds their breath for the arrival of Old Stone Cold, who does show up and takes down both suckers from WCW and stunners Booker and then Rhino as the crowd is going nuts. Corn nuts. The non-apologetic. <laughs> the racist, homophobic nuts of 2001. Fuck you, libs. <laughs> Make nuts great again. Yeah. But then DDP appears on the Tron to reveal he's got Debs in the boot of her car. No, no not a lugs boot. <laughs> So Austin runs away to save the wife. He'll divorce in a few months' time. <laughs> but then Undertaker goes to help things out and is swamped by a million invaders all wearing the same crappy shirt. Aha! It was a setup all along. And even Austin making the save ain't enough as DDP drives away. So Austin steals a limo to save his wifey, which leaves Angle to take down Booker T with an ankle lock. But then the Dudleys show up to stop that. 
But then Kurt fucking Angle deals with both of them as Rhino calls Kurt one more time. The Dudleys then 3D Kurt through a table as we are led to believe that this is the biggest threat that isn't the United States government in 94. That is not the Ring Boy scandal. <laughs> uh, this is the biggest threat. <laughs> Stephanie's saying for some reason 94. Wow, this is our 9-11. And she goes, what does that mean? Um, the biggest threat to the UF itself that they've ever had to take on. The combined powers of a watered-down world championship wrestling and a highly illegal extreme championship wrestling. That just makes it more extreme, Tom. It makes it even more extreme. You are correct. Keep asking me the remote control. On the, as if you're watching on the Patreon... I'll mute you. <laughs> you can please mute you. There you go. Um, this was the right way to end it, heading into Invasion, regardless of how you got there. Yeah. My issue, once more... My big thing with, like... Wrestling's bollocks, and that's fine. Having said that, I think I, I always struggle to suspend my disbelief when, spoiler, Steve Austin's not... Ah, uh, uh, that, that... Yeah. He's we'll, attacking We'll talk his, about that later on. Yeah, we'll... Yeah. Okay, I'm going to pull a pin in that. I'm going to pull a pin in that. Uh, yeah, Austin legging it, and then WWF getting beaten up by ECW and WCW was the right way to send us home for Invasion. That's what I will say. What did you remember from SmackDown? RVD being over as hell. Yeah. I remember the wild brawl at the end. How visceral and insurmountable it felt for the WWF. Considering like how how I've whinged about some of the booking, like it felt like it was gonna be a big issue, you know. Um what did you forget from this episode? Taz uh it feels like Taz has been getting used to doing commentary full time and they're like, Oh, cool, we need you doing this and he's like, Oh, okay. He he just doesn't wanna I have no memory of the Tajiri match. Animation. Oh, well, none whatsoever. I'm very looking forward to seeing that. Um, funny if you remember that match. You you forgot that. I forgot as well about that match. But more importantly, Tajiri teaming with Undertaker and Kane. Yeah. What a treat that was. What an unusual triple threat that is. I'm excited to see. And we are excited next week to watch Invasion 2001. Ooh. It'll just be me and you. A nice quiet oh. get-together. Oh, mm. no, it won't. What? Because we're getting together next week for Crisis on Infinite Assholes 3. <gasps> the return of Jafar as myself. Matthew oh, Gray. Prince of Thieves, you, uh, you nitwit. Don't tell me what my, my, my threequel's called. Um, as myself, Matthew Gregg from the Cold Tonic Classic Smackdown Review, joined forces with the WCW contingent, Sam Driver from the Cold Tonic Classic Nitro Review, and Jack Atkins from the Cold Tonic Classic Raw Review to have an invasion of our own as we will all get together and cheer on our respective teams in the WCW, ECW, WWF invasion. And you will be able to watch along with us this time <gasps> next week oh. on the podcast feed, and you'll be able to watch us watch along on the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash cultaholic. If you join uh, and uh, subscribe to, I think, the $10 tier, then uh, you get yourself the visual versions of this podcast every single yes. week. What you got See work? See my penguin haircut. See the penguin haircut. And the WWE shirt they paid five pounds for. Oh, I can't wait to see that next week. What's oh. happening in the meantime? What's happening in the meantime with you? Anything exciting? Uh, playing Fallout New Vegas every Thursday. Nice. Where there's a charismatic character 
who survived being burnt and thrown down in the Grand Canyon, but kicked out at two, and everyone loves him. He just spends the entire game battering people. No correlation between this and uh, the coolest guy on the roster in 2001, I guess. Yeah, no connection whatsoever. Oh, I like it. I like it. What about yourself, Tom? Uh, okay, so you have, as I say, on Monday, uh, a special podcast with Sam Driver and myself as we look back at some of the craziest and real Inoki stories as we commemorate the passing oh. of Antonio Inoki this past week. That'll be Monday on the Coltolic podcast feed and on the YouTube channel as well. But before that, it is a huge weekend of the wrestling. Hopefully you joined Adam Pacitti for the Bound for Glory watch along and made his life miserable on the live stream. Hopefully you did. Uh, join Adam and myself tonight for Extreme Rules, the live reactions on the oh, YouTube channel. Sunday, oh. Saturday. Oh. Saturday, 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 Saturday. Uh, we'll do Extreme Rules live reactions, uh, Adam Pacitti and myself, watching what could possibly be the return of Don't say Jafar. Fajar. Uh, join us uh, for every minute of it, and we'll have what happened at uh, afterwards as well. Check out Nine Pitches and Predictions for Extreme Rules before we get there as well. And for the latest wrestling news across the weekend, you can check out cultaholic.com. He is at Matthew Gregg on Twitter. I am at Tom Campbell on Twitter. Together, we are at Cultaholic on Twitter. Don't forget to join us. Wrexham, my burly newer. Love you. <laughs> I don't know what that's in connection well, well, to. Remember the theme from Derief, New York. Start spreading the butter. Da, 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 da. I'm eating the butter. Da, 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 da. We've run out of butter. Hey, man. Hey, man. <laughs> I gave you some butter. Da, 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 da. You must have forgotten. Da, 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 da. Van Damme's been waiting seven months for his butter. Bang, bang, bang. <laughs> oh, Tommy Dreamer. Good night. <laughs>
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. 